Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has this is, indeed. This is big, right? Here we are. Finally. This is big. 200? 200. Who'd have thought that? That's a lot of episodes, honestly. <laughs> so much time. We've been doing this for about four years. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and we this just is, hit 200. We just hit 200. Yeah. Do you, you anticipate 200 when we started this thing like four years ago? You know, I try not to put, uh, <laughs> we didn't put a expectations on, on anything. <laughs> Who would expect 200? Yeah. Really? I feel like we're just getting started sometimes, though. Man, there's, so there's many, a lot of movies So many things out there. we haven't covered. There's so, there's so many movies. Yeah, we were on a Nicolas Cage kick here in the last few episodes, and then... Uh, oh, yeah, the plans have changed, right? Yeah. <laughs> the plans changed on 200 yeah, all of a sudden. Notice we're not doing the Mandy episode. Yeah, we, uh, we had a little celebration for 200, had a little get-together with some friends, and watched a double feature, and yeah, we just knew we had to watch movies about movies. This is two of the best. And two, two of the biggest. Two of my favorites from the last decade. Man, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Nice Guys, I couldn't, we couldn't have backwards dropped our way into a better double feature. A lot of Man, fun. So we much fell fun. ass first into this one. This was perfect. Yeah, this was great. And this is everything I needed. You know, The Nice Guys has been definitely one on our list from day one. So I really love that this is like the big passing the torch from The Nice Guys to Mandy. Yeah. When we started this like four years ago, Mandy was one of the ones that we were going to do first. Exactly. And Nice Guys has been talked about since then, too. And once we set Mandy in stone, man, that just buried it. Of course. It just buried it. Now Mandy it. is going to be the one that we talk about doing for the next 200 that episodes. That might be number 300, yeah. It's taking it over for the Nice Guys. Yeah. We've almost done a Nice Guys episode <laughs> so many times over the last four years. Yeah, and then we've done other Shane Black movies in its place. Yeah, we've done movies that are so much shittier Even though. than the Nice Guys. <laughs> we have covered some garbage. We covered that Danny Trejo like werewolf movie. Yeah. When they're like, hey, the movies are back. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's student films getting shown. Oh. Yeah, we've plumbed some depths. But yeah, uh, the nice guys got to be one of my favorites. Maybe the favorite it's, Shane Black it's movie. The best Shane Black movie. Such a fun movie. So funny, and uh, I think it's an underrated movie. Nobody talks about it, or yeah, it seems to celebrate. It, it didn't do great in theaters. You know, it, it's you always hear about movies like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Lethal Weapon War. I think it's his best movie. But this was like a big celebration for us. Yeah, two hundred is big. As we said, we've covered a lot of movies, a lot mm-hmm. of good ones. Nothing but the best. Nothing but the best for you. You know, very few where we don't like the movie, right? Yeah. Like, we'll... we'll uh, we're real up with people. We're, I try to be positive, you know. Is there a movie you love more than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I think it's my favorite movie. It's hard It's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking this, like, Quentin Tarantino's going to do, like, ten movies and that's it. Yeah. I kind of don't want him to do a tenth movie. No. I'm like, I think you should go out on... Because it's the, the perfect just... Love letter to Hollywood, yeah, no. <laughs> but it is just such a it's my perfect, favorite beautiful thing. little movie. It's my favorite thing to watch. Yeah. You and I have watched this movie together, what, 
seven, eight times? At least. At least. All in the theaters. I've never seen I know I've never seen this movie at home. I don't want to. I don't own it. I didn't buy it. <laughs> this was a success. We did this movie like episode ten. Oh, that was pretty early on. This was early. Which and then is... we talked about it for another like half hour mm-hmm. into the next episode. Just because I couldn't stop watching this movie. Yeah. This is also a movie that I don't believe is four years old already. I cannot believe that I want it's it been back. four years. I want it back, man. My, 2019. I didn't know this was as good as it was going to get. I think maybe that's why I never bothered to like rent it or see it at home. It's like that was maybe the last big thing in the theater before 2020 <laughs> shut everything down. I mean, I saw that movie all summer long. I saw that, yeah. that movie played theaters for three we months. Were, I, I think we saw it like in October of that year <laughs> yeah like it started in june or july and we were still going to third street uh-huh in october with tim i remember seeing it once pretty late in the run i mean we saw it like opening weekend hottest day of that summer so far mm. i remember being just nude dressed like a 10 year old argentinian boy in short <laughs> shorts and a tank top in the ac theater i had the sharon tate uh comfy clothes you on look for so sure good. <laughs> you look so good i remember that day Ooh. so well and I was into it, you know? I liked mm-hmm. this movie, but I didn't love it. And then I went to Tennessee with our boy Tim. Even hotter day. Even shorter shorts. <laughs> we are on the front row of this recliner theater, and their recliners just go flat. Oh, yeah. So it's like we're watching this movie from our backs straight up, like we're watching the fireworks. And brother, I fell in love with this movie. Mm-hmm. God, I fall in love with this movie. Once I saw it twice, I had to see it with you again. By the time I hit three, I knew I had to get to a round number four. Yep. And then when I hit four, the six-pack is right there. <laughs> and then somehow it spiraled out into like seeing it 12 times in the theater. Mm-hmm. I've never done that before. I don't. I haven't either. No, I was trying to think. The only other movie I saw more than twice in the theater that I can think of was the uh, first uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Wow. I brought like four different groups of people to see that movie. <laughs> you got to see the new Spider-Man. I was like, I'm 19. Finally, comic books are making movies. <laughs> Correct. The way they should be. Willem Dafoe in a helmet. Man. Yeah. My friend Randy saw Stargate like 10 times. There you go. What a cool movie to my go friend, double digits on. <laughs> yeah. My friend That's Bill, when, uh, I remember growing up, had seen Jurassic Park like 15 times. Why not? That was a good one. Great choice. Yeah. I probably would have if I could have back in the day. I saw Con Air three different times. There you go. I kept wanting to go on dates with girls so I could see Con Air. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Con Air with a new girl because I could see Con Air. That's a high floor for a date, right? It was the best. Yeah. You're like 16. You can drive. I'm going to go see Con Air every week. I can do that now. <laughs> exactly. I think <laughs> that's, that's part of it, right? But I've never seen a movie the way I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This movie I couldn't stop seeing it, in the theater. It is just such a vibe. It is just such a feeling for me. I, I, I had chills. T- I would see it tomorrow. We, uh, yeah, we <laughs> like I said, we hadn't seen it in probably three years. We Since, yeah. rented out a theater. We did the big screen double feature of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Nice Guys. Yeah. And uh, from the very opening, Bounty Law. Man. Just chills for two and a half hours watching Once Upon a that Time in Hollywood. That was the best five hours of my life just right there, man. That tingles. was the best. Yeah. The it vibe was, was perfect. It's just such a f- fucking <laughs> getting fifteen enjoyable your, movie. Like getting fifteen of your friends together and watching the two like best movies in the dark. Yeah. These movies feed off each other so much. When I saw Hollywood the first time, it made me want to watch The Nice Guys, mm-hmm. which I had seen, but you know, 
It yeah. didn't get the hype. And we were originally talking about doing a double feature of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then an old 70s movie that is in the style of. Yeah, and there's that, so that, many different movies talked about. Could have done any Hollywood. number of Italian productions with Sergio Carbucci. We almost did Billy Jack. Yeah. We oh, came dude. real close. We to- actually almost did. You brought <laughs> Billy Jack. This is a great, that's great. Uh, we. <laughs> I th- was it? I mean, I mean, I've been going to take a the, Billy Jack episode. I feel like for I, like a while. I originally said like, just have the projectionist surprise us, and then you brought both movies. Yeah, and it was like whichever one you I feel like showing, nice guys or like Billy Jack. But then, and these these kids, none of them know any of these movies. No, but I pulled out Billy I think, Jack. I don't think anyone else knew what Billy Jack was no, dude, at the theater. You know, Chris, the manager, mm-hmm. blonde oh, Chris, sure. yeah, cool guy, Chris. I pulled out Billy Jack. He did. He said, "Oh shit, Billy Jack!" Because <laughs> that dude was eleven when Billy Jack came out. That movie okay. was huge. Yeah, yeah. That movie was enormous. And right? that's that's the character who basically dresses like Cliff Booth. Yeah, man. The story goes that Tarantino wanted the Billy Jack vibe for Brad Pitt. Yeah. So he called him over to his place to screen it. And Brad Pitt, unaware, showed up with a DVD of Billy Jack. So, man, that's pretty. Feels good. pretty perfect. Yeah, there's not a lot of moccasin-based ass kickers. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah, this just totally feels like a movie. Like DiCaprio and Pitt and Tarantino were just on such a wavelength together. Perfect. And every, right? I mean, but everyone else also. Not to take it away, but just I watching DiCaprio and Brad Pitt interact, just driving in a car. It just, it totally feels like I'm watching the 60s. Like, every, it really is a transportive experience to me. Man, whatever it does, every scene of this movie, I love. It's the, it's the radio ads. Movie. It's the colors. Yeah. It's the the whole thing is just His so His whole choice is, he had this perfect. whole thing just in perfectly in picture. Every yeah. scene, the choreography, the look of everyone, the sound. Great for a guy who always does a great soundtrack so much that it's like cliche to say he does great soundtracks, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows he has like like a jukebox. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows songs, but it fits so perfectly. It in does this always movie. make me laugh how heavy it is on uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders. Yeah, man, we a lot got like of Paul two or Revere. three Paul Revere and the Raiders. <laughs> They're good ones too. They are good. You know, want people to know you like Paul Revere the Raiders? <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. I was in heaven for like five hours during this double feature. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to enjoy these two movies more than we did. It was the perfect room. Normally, I'm a, a crab about people having fun at the movies. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. I hate people showing joy and making noise. No. Especially like, strangers, though. <laughs> it's easier when you know your friends are having it. fun. But if someone next to you is having fun, you're like, the fuck's this guy's problem? I know. <laughs> I yeah, there's like a guy that laughed at kind of a weird scene during Top Gun Maverick. It's just like who the fuck's this guy? That's all the, right, buddy. That's the guy. You're gonna be trouble, aren't you? That's the because it was like a sold out theater because everybody and their dad was seeing yeah. Top Gun Maverick for for seven months. Save, save the industry. And so my dad, my dad has bad ears, so he talks really loud during movies, and he talks a lot during movies. And he was like going at normal volume during Top Gun Maverick. And the guy right next to me who laughed at that weird moment kind of did like a, <clears throat> I said, oh, yeah, it's, he's, he's going to be here with my dad for two hours, man. He's going to talk about planes the whole and, time. And your dad's not going to get the uh, social nuance nope, of he the doesn't clearing care. the throat. He don't care. And so I immediately <laughs> leaned register. over and I said, like, he was in an accident. <laughs> 
just bought my dad two hours of just leash. Yeah, dad, you know we don't get him out often. The the poor guy. He did like a. He did like a. I'm sorry. Oh my, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It shut him down for the whole time, and my dad was so loud. You can't be mad at those people. No, when they can't help it, he can't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, I know. I'll try. I'm sorry. Don't shut it down. And that's actually perfect. Yeah, I feel like do I it. should use, use that. Use it. It's but, perfect. But be like, don't. I bet I was in an accident. So. <laughs> I, was, I was the one in the accident. <laughs> You're gonna hear some stuff coming out of me. Don't worry. So I hate people making noise unless I get to do it. And <laughs> watching it—that's pretty much what this yeah. podcast is. Watching it, yeah. I like to hear myself, but I don't want anybody else to have fun. <laughs> no, I love watching comedies with with like strangers in the theater. Definitely, definitely. I love laughing at, at stuff with people, and uh, but laughing with like all our friends in the dark on like a Sunday. Yeah, it does. I've never laughed harder at either of these movies. You know, I rewatch Nice Guys like within the week. Just because I love the nice guys. Yeah. Just like, man, I'm never going to laugh like I did during this. Every joke was killing. Half the people hadn't seen these movies before. Mm-hmm. So you get that joy. I loved seeing Hollywood so much to hear what people responded to. Kind of the same way I liked hearing the, what people responded to in Licorice Pizza. Right. Because I laughed the whole time during that, but I want to hear what others want. And so I always loved the guaranteed hits mm-hmm. from Hollywood or the occasional outliers. I laughed everything at this movie. I love every line in this movie, right? I love everybody who delivers them. What other movie can give you a Sam Wanamaker? Oh, I know. You know, Sadie. All these characters are so good. Decato Fanning is so good at it. <laughs> She's so good. She's great. And and uh, everybody's good at it. And it's the best Leonardo DiCaprio role. There's no I don't Yeah. You know I'm a Max Cherry purist. I mean, that's my favorite guy. I know. I had this thought too, right? I'm pretty sure Rick Dalton's the far and away best Tarantino character. Mm -hmm. It's the best Leo performance. I think it's the best Tarantino character. Rick fucking Dalton. This was, seeing this movie like a dozen times in the theater. I love so much. This was the first time that, no, it's like, no, Rick's my dude. Rick Mm -hmm. is my A number one. This is the Rick Dalton movie. Do you think it's because you and and me do a little bit of a a feed not for you, but you have such a familiarity love of these old westerns and these actors and the guys that are kind of the models of, you know, we talk about William (laughs) Smith and we talked about guys like uh, Tourist Trap. uh, Oh, sure. Star whose name? Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors, right? I mean, this is a... I mean, Chuck Connors was getting into B-movies, right? And he was throwing himself into it. Yeah. And I I do love Rick because it is such a perfect characterization of that kind of guy. Because, yeah, William Smith was on four seasons of Laredo. Mm -hmm. That's like a popular Western. Four years on network TV. That's enough to get shown in syndication. But then no more series for the, you know, that's it. 71, you are getting your ass kicked by Jim Rockford. Right. But you're getting your ass kicked by Jim Rockford in the pilot episode. You're the lead heavy in this big series, right? Mm -hmm. So William Smith got work for 40, 50 years. One of the greats to do it. Or someone like Telly Savalas or any of the number of people. Any of these guys that had a Western that then go on to a character actor career. Yeah. These are our favorite guys. Rick Dalton is like as good as the best of these guys. He's like as great as Clint Walker, you know. And the movie's nothing but references to these kind of guys. Mm-hmm. William Smith's in this movie, mm-hmm. you know. 
This is one of the he's Clue uh, Gulligers in this movie. <laughs> yeah, old, still getting gigs. Clue <laughs> Gulliger doing a day exact on exact same kind of yeah career as William Smith, right? If Cameron Mitchell were alive, he'd be in this. Mm-hmm. R.G. Armstrong were alive, he'd be in this, right? All of them, but they're all so he knows these references so well. You know, Michael Madsen. He knew exactly where to put Michael Madsen. Right. Right. You said they were they were just on a vibe together, you know, him and DiCaprio. This is just the perfect character. This is as said in the movie, his best acting ever. I think so. I I, I think it, they really become these people in yeah. this movie, which is uh and, and just every moment builds on the other moments and you know, Brad Pitt thinking about kicking Bruce Lee's ass. <laughs> It's just like there's not a misstep in any of it. It, and, hits, uh, it was really hard to figure out like when to go to the bathroom. I know. I really had to pee about an I went, hour I went during Hollywood. the uh, when he's leaving Bruce Dern's place. Yeah. I wanted to Directly make sure I saw out that. the door in the Mansons. I wanted to make sure I saw that. So I was like, all right, I'll leave when he's driving uh, Margaret Qualley to Spawn Ranch. Mm. And then I get back and I've just missed the whole Luke Perry scene. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, bold, bold decision to go here. <laughs> I forgot they tough put choice. That, yeah, they put that the in movie there first. jumps around so much. That's why I was like, it's been four years since I've seen it. I the order's out of my brain, you know. Yeah, but I couldn't miss the Margaret Qualley. <laughs> I couldn't miss not seeing Margaret Qualley. That's our one recurring theme throughout this mm-hmm. double feature. That's true. Yeah, we had our A lot Margaret of Qualley Qualley double feature, but film festival. You know, we we're going to talk about two incredible physical performances but leonardo DiCaprio and ryan gosling Mm. two of the funniest physical performances that's what really landed with me with this four-year break that we've had is how physically hilarious dicaprio is the whole time even even when he's serious like when he's starting to get his feelings hurt in the meeting with schwarz Mm -hmm. and he starts getting these ticks firing up you know or when he's cool or when he's super hungover yeah the every single second of him like coughing during his meeting with sam wanamaker is the funniest physical comedy of like that year that decade him just like dumping ice on his face and just like red-faced coughing the whole time holding it in terribly just yeah the look on his face when he's hearing about the hippie look that he's gonna get he's yeah. like sam uh, you got me in all this junk uh, <laughs> just yeah he's stammering and he's coughing and he's like holding in coughs and kind of doing like a squinty eyed thumbs up and like the missouri comes out in him like it watching it again this time it definitely was fun watching him be this guy from missouri yes and uh i just couldn't i, I mean, he was my favorite part yeah. i loved every single bit of every part of his story this was the most i've ever loved his scene with with mirabella mm these scenes were killing. This is so much fun to see in front of new people, right? You and I have seen it a bit. All other people there, we have friends that independently of us went to see it like seven times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Within our specific circle, like people were into this movie. I don't know if I'd ever, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd ever heard uh, people audibly go like, aww, when <laughs> yeah. she tells him that was the best acting she's ever seen. It was like, People, it, people in our theater were just like, oh, like, yes, you guys get it. it it's such an awe scene. Yeah. It's such a good scene to awe at. 
When was the last time you ever heard that sincerely in but a that movie? But that's such a great, like, n- notifier that, like, the people we were watching this with, like, they cared about these characters. Yeah. That's what I think this movie does more than most Tarantino movies, you know, except for Jackie Brown, is they're so exploitative. They just, I don't find myself caring that much about Django or his <laughs> wife. Or I don't find myself caring about, you know, the Kill Bill characters as you much as it is just fun to watch all the action right. and bloodshed. You didn't care about the Jews and, and Inglorious like, Bastards. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I spaced out. What were you saying? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the to care so much for these people. I love them. Um, I also totally forgot, completely, <gasps> completely forgot that Cliff Booth killed his wife. <laughs> For some reason, that whole part of the movie just... And then when Kurt Russell goes, he killed his fucking wife. And I was just like, oh, yeah. How perfect is Kurt Russell in this? Perfect. His reaction when he's getting just reamed by Janet. He's like, oh, man. It's like this kind of Don Knotts like, no, Well, she's already yelling at him. He's like, what's up, babe? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, babe. Trying to be cool about it. So this this was like the kind of... have, watching it with fresh eyes, right? Since whenever it was playing Third Street, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh, definitely probably the last movie I saw multiple times at Third Street, mm. for sure. Uh, I really bought into the idea of Cliff as, like, a bad dude. Like, for some reason, the line that really hit me, when, he, when Kurt Russell kind of stops and says, I don't dig him. I don't like the vibe he brings on a set. Mm-hmm. And then you, I'm starting to see Brad Pitt is just like, I don't think I would want that dude around. Cliff's such a cool ass dude. Yeah. He did not go after that young pussy. He did not do that. Not Cliff, man. But he's like probably an unpleasant dude in a lot of ways. Well, think about Cliff eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. How many jaws he probably broke. Yeah, just man. getting drunk and getting in fights, and the yeah, it really stood out to me. I don't know if I ever really took in how much scarring he has on his body. Totally. When he takes off his shirt on the roof, it's like I always notice the one, but there's like three different yeah, scars on his chest. Then he's got a big gash mark on his arm. I'm just like, Jesus Christ! And then having read the novel, you know, if there's anything to do with that, yeah, he's, he's a, a goddamn, goddamn war, war hero. hero. He is a goddamn. He's a goddamn war, war hero. Come on, <laughs> that's the Missouri coming out. I love you that. Know, I love that. If any of your guys were as good a match, <laughs> just skating on that, that's right? Just like putting on a too tight of a tuxedo. And you know, I get the war hero bad guy vibe. I like how the book fleshes out that he's an actual like avid film goer. Mm-hmm. That he does love movies, right? He's seeing Swedish films. Yeah. Right? He's taking risks and he likes it. He's buying records. Like he's a cool guy. He's a guy that I love. Those kind of characters, uh, like Sam Rockwell in The Way Back, who are like guys that are too old to be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell running like a water park, <laughs> right? But these kind of adults that can connect with like kids in a cool way, you know. But it's because they're kind of kids themselves. Mm. Cliff Booth has a lot of that, except. Killed his goddamn wife. Killed his wife and got away with it. That what guy... a what a scene from Rebecca Gayhart. <laughs> oh man, for her line. Oh what you don't want to fight? Like fighting. Oh 
perfect. I'd like to think that there's just 45 minutes of her improv yeah. and shit <laughs> like that on a boat. Every angle of this movie, though, the yeah. way Cliff is sitting there with his ski mask on, the beer spray on the mask, with the harpoon pointed right at his wife's belly. Wow. I killed <laughs> The beer that, spray. That guy killed his yeah. wife? It's a, this is a, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of killing, a lot of funny. A lot of killing. The, uh, I love, uh, the thing I always get about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is how Tarantino is able to basically do like a greatest hits of like all the other movies he would have done. Sure. Right. All the Westerns he would have made, like all the, you know, his different kind of Fist of McCluskey flamethrower stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. He gets to do all, all these recreations of these era shows yeah. that he, would, yeah. I mean, all of the bounty law stuff. Just feels like he tremendous. knows he'll never be able to do like a Spanish Italian Western. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, if the man wanted to work, the man would work. If he wanted to get a Telly Savalas lookalike, if and we're going to do, gonna do this AI technology, let's do it to bring back Telly Savalas <laughs> and put him in movies. I mean, he uses uh, a lot of these Italian actors. He's used Franco Nero, mm-hmm. who was the first Django. You know, the guy likes what he likes. Yeah. And he makes it. Bounty Law, the Bounty Law stuff is perfect. It is air authentic. I've seen, I've watched all of Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. I've watched these, I've watched Wanted Dead or Alive, right? The Rifleman. It's perfect. It's note perfect to these. This is such a tightly written movie for such a sprawling, jumping around constantly movie. Mm-hmm. It's edited together so incredibly. There's like an hour of extras. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, that exactly. I did watch on the Blu ray. And all of it's, like, fun stuff. There's a long scene with, like, a different shooting the shit Sam Wanamaker, uh, Rick Dalton. Mm-hmm. There's good stuff. There's a little more Manson. Mm, right, things. right, right. There's the full hullabaloo cut. Mm, mm-hmm. There you go. And I am so glad none of it's in the movie. I'm glad we get that. Th- the whole, you know, seeing the movie a couple times, like, man, you know there's more of that hullabaloo. Man, you know there's more, McCl- you know, there's more of some of these scenes, right? He made all the right choices. We get just enough of everything. The vibe yeah. is so perfect. The Sam Wanamaker scene, too long. The mm. Sam we get, perfect. Mm-hmm. He is, I don't know that dude. I don't know that actor. He's like the like a better-teethed Walton Goggins. Yeah. Kind of guy. I feel like <laughs> when we did look him up like four years ago, it was like he was some guy who was a child actor, had you know been in the business forever. Incredible. You know. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. But him, man talking about the zapata mustache <laughs> the hell's angels and his sweater that's just draped over shores his voice work yelling at rick from off camera is so funny yeah finish the fucking like just <laughs> when rick is just panicking but i got i just got so into rick's story is this insecure actor who's scared he's gonna lose his career scared mm-hmm. he's no longer gonna be able to live and he's already thinking about moving to toluca lake I know. A lot of lot of stars live in Toluca Lake. Well, I guess probably less stars lived in Toluca Lake in nineteen sixty eight. Well but now yeah. <laughs> real want, estate's at more of a premium now, yeah, but you you want to live in Hollywood, yeah. You gotta buy in town. Yeah. When you're at your biggest. But they're I, never gonna forgive him for that final season. I know. And I, so he's too insecure to go out for pilot season. This is a guy fi- thinking his career is actually over. Just because Cliff thinks it's cool to do Italian movies for six months. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Does not seem like the what? end all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why? Like, how many bad movies would I do as an actor if it was filming in a cool place? 
you know, I could see not doing Aguirre, the Wrath of God. You're like, how many months do we have to spend on mm. on the river? Yeah, no, thank you. Like that's that's a commitment to the craft, right there. Right. But you find out Italy? you're doing six months in Italy, you know, feels like you could do some shit, right? But I do appreciate that Rick actually is a guy who does not like making Italian movies. Like he mm-hmm. has that he wants to be that classic Hollywood leading man, yeah, kind of person, and he tried that, you know, and it didn't work out. But I. I, I'm always struck by how how mad he gets at himself for messing up his lines. I love like he's his old... really furious that he messes up his lines, and he's really committed to being the best actor. Yeah, well, on that set, that's the. I mean, that's why I devour that kind of '60s and '70s, you know, crime TV mm-hmm. because it's nothing. They had the best ca- dudes. It's nothing but cameos from yeah. all these dudes with credibility. All these guys had either been in, you know. You watch a Knight Rider, you're going to get Paul Coslow showed up. You're going to mm. get Lucas Skew. You know, you're going to get all these guys that have just had a huge career in everything. You know, you're going to get Bradford Dillman showing up sometimes with a mustache, sometimes without. <laughs> you're going to get Dabney Coleman. You know, all mm. these dudes. They're just like you do one series and then you just work and you appear one time in every show. Maybe three in Murder She Wrote. Right. But Rick Dalton would be do he's doing murder she wrote in the mid eighties. That's Rick Dalton is getting there. And it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. And I like this movie of his kind of supposed downfall. Because again, as cool as we would do six months in Rome, Rick thinks this is like bad news. He his career is dwindling. He has no chance at latching on to another season of any show. Right. He thinks it is on the outs. It's pretty hard to hear someone talk about how, yeah, laying it out where you're just getting your ass kicked on TV for a living. What a great Pacino scene. Yeah. I know. We, of <laughs> we, course. We went over, I bet we talk about him for Schwarz for 20 <laughs> minutes on the original episode. Cause I pulled it myself is, a cognac. Oh, he's so every, perfect. That's one of those uh, performances where it's like, I don't know if I would have believed that like 78-year-old Pacino could have done that. <laughs> yeah. And been so perfect and natural in that in that Tarantino had perfect such an eye in so this far. movie. Everybody else who's in this movie has. There's been so many people with a real career now. Four years later, got Austin Butler in there. Yeah, right. Maya Hawk, like all these people. Every person in this movie has had like a career upstart since then. Everyone. Yeah, he really figured out that. Oh, all these famous actors' kids are about to be famous. <laughs> there are so many actors. I kids better in this get movie. them in this movie, and they can all be the uh, the Manson gang. Yeah, that's a perfect little man. This was the this was maybe the first time where I was like perfect. I would I wish we got more perfect. Rick and no Manson. Mm. I would have loved for there to be no Manson people at all in this. Now that's the one thing I think that I would want because I want more Rick. No Manson people at all. Whatsoever. None of them. Mm. Well, maybe enough so they get killed. <laughs> enough to yeah. make it worth killing. But man, I don't need him going out. <sighs> I don't know. It's tough. I just want more Dalton. I love this guy. I love his rise. I love his fall. I love his redemption. One meeting. One meeting at Polanski's mm-hmm. house. That's all he wants. And then he, then he flame th- flamethrowers a woman and gets that meeting. <laughs> exactly. He, kills, he does he what kills he does best. A lot of killing. He kills people. Yeah. He, that's Rick Dalton coming back. Yeah. I realized, too, though, watching it last time, the, the hippies, uh, they're, in, they're in their shitty car, right? Dennis Hopper in the car. <laughs> Rick comes out and yells at them. They spend like five minutes talking about, that was Jake Cahill. I had the lunchbox. 
and then they devise a plan. Let's go kill the actors that we saw kill yeah. people. And then when they get into the house, they don't ask where Rick is. <laughs> yeah, they they go like, who else is here? It's like some woman they don't know. <laughs> yeah. No mention of Jake Cahill, who they just spent Their whole... five minutes plotting about. Well, I mean, I love how just the movie shows how stupid they are. So dumb. That's why it's... I love their talk in the car so much. That that whole car scene was getting... People were dying after that. From Jake Cahill coming out in his short robe mm-hmm. with his full picture, his gravity-defying margarita <laughs> that he is just swinging around like Leatherface. A completely while also drunk just, Rick Dalton was... Dalton had pounded 17 margaritas, margaritas and took a cab home. Was Man, I, I said that it's one of my favorite physical comedic performances him kind of looking back over his shoulder while like shaking the blender <laughs> while he's ma- well just his full like body shaking up just cigarette mouth. up man that hair they give him for this six <laughs> months later this long hair they really do make it's him hilarious they, that is hilarious with the sideburns and everything yeah man that is hilarious comes back Perfect with the conway hair. twitty like pompadour oh yeah i do love he that coughs and spits so much <laughs> after his benders him spitting and making so much small noise to annoy Trudy Fraser. Mm-hmm. A thing I didn't notice. I don't know how I've never picked up on this little line. When he does his best acting that little Mirabella's ever seen, that moment where he's Rick fucking dope. Mm-hmm. And he's giving him sexy Hamlet. Evil Hamlet scares Evil. people. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> when he's basking in that glow knowing that he's the Chuck Connors who's like, oh, no, I'm taking tourist traps seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm Chuck Connors. I'm not going to dog it. And... I guess we've seen George Kennedy dog it. <laughs> but how many times have we seen George Kennedy killing it in stuff way cheaper oh, than no. Italian Westerns? I don't think we've... No, I don't think he dogs it. I, he uh, he had to writhe in pain with little prosthetic bubbles and uninvited. Dude, he's incredible he, he put in some work. He put in some work. <laughs> he is... Like I said, he's yeah. like Andre the Giant in that movie, man. <laughs> he's the best. Yeah. All these guys are the best, right? And Rick Dalton, knowing he like stuck the land in. You know, I know when a guest actor does it, like... I remember the Roddy McDowell Columbo. Like, yeah, mm. that guy nailed. That guy's a perfect Columbo villain. Perfect. You know, there's all these different guys who just, oh, you know when they stuck a landing in an episode, right? You know when somebody did a good Mission Impossible. I was just trying that, to think of something. I was like, when Robin Williams was in SVU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. You've seen the Invaders episodes I've been showing you. Oh, there's yeah, value yeah. in a guest star, right? Yeah. Richard Anderson shows up. You're like, okay. Andrew Prine pops up in those credits. All right. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. They're the best. Yeah. And Rick Dalton, you know when those the word gets around when you stick a stick a man from Uncle, really nail the villain role. Mm-hmm. Word gets around on Victor Buono. <laughs> He's, you know that's how you you get a bigger bag, right? Rick Dalton's on the comeback trail after that scene. He knows it. When Wanamaker comes over and is praising his performance, his triple alliterative improv. You don't hear those every day. (laughs) But when he's like, and your idea to throw the little girl down? It never crossed my mind that she wasn't expecting the fall. I know the joke about the pads, obviously, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know she's wearing 
he's just planned on throwing her just to stick it to her. He even says something when he's flipping out his trailer, just like, you'll show that little girl. You'll show. <laughs> he comes up with the idea on the spot to throw a child, an eight-year-old child, to better his career. He's like, I'm throwing this girl. And nobody in the room knows he's throwing the that's girl. That's a good point. And no one says, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, Rick. Rick. Yeah, that's how good he is, man. He points a They're gun. In moment. He points a gun at an eight-year-old girl. That's such a, man, in Mulholland Drive when it's that perfect effect where we get the beautiful scene with the overhead crane shot of Rick going over his lines with a the biggest goblet of whiskey sour that you've ever seen. Now, I don't know how you make a whiskey sour, but he's doing like egg whites in that thing. That's uh, it's traditional. That's old school. Yeah. Yeah. It's traditional. He's a purist. It's good. Mm-hmm. They're good. And I just he get the drinks more of them <laughs> than any man. You could have three or four. I had eight. I had now, eight. did he have eight of the goblets? Because that was like no, four I think, drinks. I, think he's, I, think he's, I don't know how, what his ratios are, but if he's having eight of those, no wonder he's just like, Oh, oh, man, the way God. he would pinch both sides of his nose and just <laughs> spit and hawk so much stuff. This man, this man's hurting, but he's a uh, professional. He yeah, wants exactly. to know his lines and wants to show them that he's, like, easy to work with. You know, these guys all had some vice, right? I'm sure some are e- easier to work with than others, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's battling this. And I really got into the story, his battle, of the embarrassment that he – it's so funny – the scene that he messes up. Yeah. It's so funny that you... And his flip out is so funny. But this time it's just like, oh man, that's <laughs> like the last thing he wanted to happen, right? That's how serious he takes it. Mm-hmm. How good was the Jim Stacy stuff? One of my favorite... It's not even a joke in the movie. But the the smarmy little way that Timothy Oliphant says, oh man! <laughs> like... We're just t- the way he talked about not getting the greatest escape. He comes over, you know, holding his hat to introduce himself as Jim Stacy, and they do this hard cut of him then <laughs> wearing the hat like down, like as if he's had like three drinks in the in the meantime of that. It is such a funny. Like, I gotta ask you, Rick. You know. So when I say all the extras and the editing, how perfect it is. The hard cut to establish that Oliphant's been just leg up on the bench, hat down, bullshitting for ten minutes. <laughs> Without really asking Rick, it just cuts all through Jim right. Stacy's being. Like, dude, that is such a perfect cut. And uh, then it just like fast forward with one blink to like when he's actually asking Rick stuff. But then, um, oh, the way he kind of rubs it in without totally rubbing it in. Now, the book goes into a whole thing about them going out after the, yeah. the taping. Yeah, the book and is weird, drinking, man. Drinking like Brandy Alexander's together at some you know, actor bar. And that's just how it ends, right? Isn't yeah, that just it the ends end with of the him. book? Well, it ends with Rick explaining exactly why he wasn't going to make the cut. Yeah, yeah. And about how if he's the behind escape. the three Georges and Steve McQueen, like, he's on the list, but by the time they got down to his part of the list, they would get another list. Right. Like, oh, it doesn't just automatically go to the last guy. Once you're down to one guy, we need to see what other candidates we have. Hmm. So he knew even if he was on the main list, he was last on the list. So, yeah, he goes in this whole, and that's it. There's no, I don't think there's Manson stuff in the no. in the book at all. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just love the way that they, first of all, cutting him into The Great Escape is great. 
Very much. Yeah. Getting to see that little, uh, you know, it's just, it feels like Tarantino is finally just like, not finally, he's always done this, <laughs> but he just makes it such a playground of fun stuff that you get to imagine or see for yourself. Or then I just think about seeing, you know, DiCaprio as a, a Steve McQueen character and just think about all the different avenues that the movie can take after, you know, at the end when he's finally meeting Sharon Tate and he's, I know. he's, I'm, Basically, so gonna, ha- you know, he's going to have that next life. I'm so happy during every scene of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I get so much joy from all of these different scenes. Rick and Cliff watching his episode of the FBI together. Just the commentary. I want to just watch those two guys do like in-character commentary <laughs> over old TV yes. shows. Yes. Just hearing them just be like, you know, with Norman Fell strong. Story. I don't I don't listen to anybody's dumb podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> podcasts are for idiots. But if what? <laughs> but if bored in like retirement Leo and Brad decided to just doing this over over old episodes of Gunsmoke or something, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Please give me that. Do that, guys. That's a podcast I listen to. And the editing, the dialogue, them just talking about Rick's cool show. I love their friendship. Yeah. I like uh, how he establishes their friendship more than I think the movie implies when, you know, he's getting his sunglasses back after Rick's crying jag. Mm -hmm. He's a friend close enough to cry in front of, and they have a little hug right before they they part ways, before the 730 out the door. Yeah. It's like, okay, they're on hugging basis. These guys have have a hug embrace. This is a friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. No you matter know, how much it's uh, paid at this point. It just makes you think of like how many times did Rick like bail out Cliff? Or how sure. many times did Cliff save Rick from getting his ass kicked at a bar? Yeah. You know, it's just two guys that found each other. They were probably, you know I I don't know. Yeah, it's just it makes me want to know more. It makes me want to see more. I want to see so but much it's also, more of their story. I don't know if I you know, I don't want to do a prequel. <laughs> Or anything, right? No, I don't, no, no. I don't need to see uh, 90 minutes of Bounty wanna, Law. Well, I don't know. The Cliff, Bo- like the Cliff Booth war movie it. would be pretty cool. That would be cool. So, I don't know. That could be cool, Cliff yeah. Booth in Korea could be uh, could be something. Rick Booth, I, would, I think I would like to see a 90-minute Bounty <laughs> Law. I think I would like that, actually. I think I like, yeah, I think it's uh, best left in my imagination, maybe. But yeah, it's true. Again, there's an hour of extras. They're all really fun. Mm-hmm. They're all something. It's like Manson bugging the guy. But, you know, when uh sends him around back, mm-hmm. he's looking for Terry. You get, like, the conversation of him asking the guy back about Terry. Now, that's kind of a weird part. Yeah, because in the movie, you just see, you just hear Emil Hirsch go, like, you just take the path round back. Yeah. And that's the last so you see, see of Manson him. Manson coming up around the path. But you don't hear him say, like, oh, there's a house back there that you can go to. It's just like, wait. Where's he yeah. going? Where's he going? But it didn't need it. It didn't need yeah. it. As co- as neat as it was to see in like a four or five minute scene with Manson looking like an, a doof. All these people looking so dumb. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> it's just slack jawed cult when, members. When we, but it still has that look. That look he gives Sharon Tate is all he needs when he bobs around. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Tarantino gets to film a scene at the Playboy Mansion. I'm sure he's always wanted to do that. That's such a Shane Black thing to want to do. Right. (laughs) But I love this movie. I love all of it. 
I love when Rick invites Cliff in to watch his FBI. Mm-hmm. And the way Cliff says, I was hoping you would. Has the six-pack. I just figured we would. Or Yeah. Yeah. He spent a crazy day out in Chatsworth, back in time to pick up his boss. You know, it's I, wa- I always wonder if he ever told Rick about that. Probably not, because it was involved the slashing of his boss's tire. <laughs> yeah. Probably kept that one under wraps. <laughs> I fully buy into the sincerity of Cliff saying that's his boss's car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he believes that. I think he really respects Rick, even though he's seen him at his lowest. I had a yeah, I I had that thing where I was driving around that guy for a little while. Oh sure, rich guy. I kept you know it was a minivan, wasn't a, a bitch in uh, Coupe de Ville. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you you're we like, got we got like the cliff boot. We got to stay at that dude's place. Yeah. <laughs> we had a cut. We we stayed there a few. Oh yeah, I'm house sitting for Johnny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We get to go. That's Cliff. I like stay. I like house sitting in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. This dude's house was sick. It's a great job. Uh, yeah. His outdoor pool grotto area. Kind of being available. Yeah. I'll play video errands. games and, and eat Taco Bell at Johnny's place. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Imagine Cliff just hanging out with some other dude. Cliff's got other friends. I'm sure. Even though he brings a bad vibe to places. <laughs> but. As much as the movie makes it feel like uh, Cliff saving uh, Rick's ass the whole time, right? Kills two of the mm-hmm. two of the hippies. You know, you know, like you said, you know, he's beating up people, <laughs> broken somebody's jaw from disrespect. Rick really like fighting to get Cliff on the set of the Green Hornet. You can tell that is not the first time he has had to fought to get Cliff work. Right, absolutely. Like the way he, they ha- they already have they a already don't like him before he beats up Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. They, he already had bad vibes before ruining Janet's car. That's a great like uh, almost like a flashback in a flashback. <laughs> that scene of Cliff remembering back to the Green Hornet. <laughs> I love and it. Then, then kind of talking about even before that. Yeah. Well, they already have it's this seen, conversation. Seeing the wife on the boat, it's like the flashback within the flashback. Yes, it's, it's like a dream within a dream sequence. The repartee that that Cliff and Rick already have down, where he's like, "Oh, hey, did you ask if I?" Can? And before he's done with the sentence, Rick's like, "Ah, no, you know." See, the thing is, like, they, he has been talking Cliff onto film sets for probably like four of the last mm-hmm. nine years. Right, like this guy's bad vibes have been it goes beyond kicking Bruce Lee's. That's ass. probably why Cliff wants to go to Italy. No one knows he's such an exactly. asshole, over there. dude. He's guaranteed to work. If over you're there. Cliff Booth, you're wanting to be in Italy for six months, right? Yeah. You live in a trailer behind the <laughs> behind a, a drive-in. How does he live there exactly? That doesn't seem like. Uh... He's paying anyone rent to live behind the theater. There. I mean, I think you're a guy like Cliff. <laughs> you think he Booth, just kind of you know posted guys. up there? Yeah, I think you know some guys, right? How does how do other stuntmen like, live, right? I also imagine him like working security for that drive-through or drive-in theater or something. And I could see something like that living behind. Sure, there. yeah. His just make sure you clear low. everyone out at the end of the night. Holly buys her dog food and like mac and craft dinner. Oh man, <laughs> and that some dirty like Hormel chili. Yeah, his little trailer filled with comic books and like, man, he's a kid. Yeah. Who's killed. He's killed. Not just his wife. You know he's killed men. Cliff Booth is a bad guy. Yeah. Something about Kurt Russell's tone suddenly made me realize what a bad dude, Cliff. What a guy that you don't want to be on the wrong side of. And Rick is just on the right side of Cliff. Mm-hmm. So Cliff sees Rick at his worst, but Rick probably gets the best of Cliff. 
Though I guess in the book they paint him as more of a charmer. Treats mm-hmm. women well, mm-hmm. and that means a lot. Well, he charms Margaret Qualley for quite a while. Exactly. Until, you know, he... The book makes it clear that though he is not a predator in any kind of way, he has yeah, killed yeah. men, and he will fuck somebody up <laughs> at the at the too quick drop of hat. But he is he is good he's, to women. He's not out to start a fight ever. He just sure. finishes them way too harshly. Yes. Yeah. He plays for keeps, man. Yeah. He just wanted to see Bruce Dern. He that's a, I love that whole scene because it's like just let the guy talk to the old man. What do you care? What are these yeah. people? What, it's always like, why was? And then the conversation is barely a conversation. Bruce Stern just being like, the Dalton, Dalton brothers. <laughs> just what are, you're who a big, are the Dalton brothers? You're a big Dalton brothers guy. Uh, huh? That's like your favorite gang. What, it's like there are a Dalton brothers gang out there in this Dalton world. Brothers. You know, they used to work on Spawn Ranch, or they were. Some character on a show that Bruce Dern's flashing back to. There's circular conversations. So, who? And who's that? And who Bru- are you? Bruce Dern has done over nothing but ask, I guess, understandable questions. After being blind and woken up from your daily nap, mm-hmm. your daily post-sex nap, be, you'd be off-put. You know, you don't want somebody barging in. But the way yeah. he just finally pivots out of the blue to... I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, have it like being tender with him. Like, look, you came out, but just such you a touched funny. You me today. Yeah, such a funny like. And now I got to go back to sleep. Oh, what yeah. a scene. This movie is filled with nothing but great eight minute and under yeah. scenes from all of these people. Bruce Stern's just too good in it. Needed him. Needed all these people. Mm. Needed all of them to make it work. I love Sharon Tate's trip to the Bruin to watch herself. That's fun. Man, she is just... Uh, we haven't talked about Margot Robbie. I know. And it, and uh, I think the watching it this time, it really did stick with me just like how much of a fantasy she's living yes. in this movie. And Tarantino just showing you this kind of like, why do we, why do we want to watch people dance? <laughs> like, why do we enjoy or why do we get a kick out of watching these rich people party? It's like you're watching these people just at the height yeah. Of their just like ecstasy of just How joy f- and love. She sleeps like a baby, man. Now that I have a kid, that's how <laughs> that looked- him just zonked out without a care in the goddamn world. This is how she sleeps in that one scene in the you know the next morning. One of my one of my friends that that I urged to come see this double feature, she had started this movie and then knew how Sharon Tate's life ended. Mm-hmm. And and her she she turned it off like thirty minutes in. She's like, I know I'm not gonna like where this is going. I said, you might want to reconsider. Yeah, you're in for a surprise. And I just love rewriting her life into like nothing but up, nothing mm-hmm. but upward trajectory. She every day of her life is like the next best day. Every person life. she meets is just the friendliest person. The hitchhiker's <laughs> friendly. The valet <laughs> is friendly. The yes. bookstore seller is friendly. The guy letting her into the movie theater, you know, Ruben is tu- into her. A tuxedo at the movies, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, sh- she would not have wanted, you know, those people to just let her in. She had seventy five cents. Oh man, she game. She, she had money to see the movie. She wanted people to know it, it yeah. was her. Like she wanted to be recognized, and she gets that validation of taking the photo and everything. It's 
and every day being the most fun day of her life. She's learning karate in the Hollywood Hills. I mean, imagine if you could just go run and all she had to do that day was go buy a book. <laughs> yeah, and had... also she gets to go into a room where a room full of people are laughing at what she's at a thing she's done for comedy. Yeah. And, if, like, validating her in that moment. If all I had to do one day... That was her whole day. If I had a Wednesday where I could just go pick something up and I had a few, three hours to kill to go get hear a room of people praise me in the dark... <laughs> exactly. That's just, the best day of my life. hear a bunch of strangers just love me. Yeah. If I just dance with the mamas and the papas at the Playboy Mansion one night, get the best sleep of my life later that night, and then go out and hear a, hear a bunch of people laugh at all the cool shit that I'm doing... Well, I'm not sure what else I can do to cap this weekend off. Exactly. Nothing but the best for Sharon. And uh, I love how much fun she has hearing how much everybody loves her. Oh, she's just... I would die. She's... uh, (laughs) It's the best. With the feet up. Big glasses. The big glasses kill me every time. Putting on the big glasses. Those are confidence glasses. Um, And uh, But then also, you know, obviously it ends on everyone's happy... Everyone the lives. Hippies well, aren't. the the, the hippies ain't all right, but uh, and it just does also kind of add such a sadness to the fact that no, she really got killed. Yeah, horribly. The first time I with saw her this... unborn baby and those people who did nothing to nobody. Yeah, and I... the listening to that Carousel of Time song in her car mm. and just Tarantino just going, I can fix it. Yeah, I can save He's her. Doing it and uh, using art to to rewrite history and giving rick dalton his his big shot uh, just he's just sticking the landing on on lancer there's just so many things that we would do differently if we could make a movie about our own life right sure and uh, it doesn't change the reality of it but uh being able to go into that theater on sunday and just like live out some fantasy life for five hours <laughs> Man, that that uh, five hours was me sitting in a theater just, so just soaking in adulation. Just so good. We shared, like, it was the best reaction you could hope for. It was all my favorite reactions from every time I've seen this movie up until now. Because I've seen it with a bunch of them a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Some of them I was seeing it for the first time, and they were into it. That awe that got hit during... They were into that movie. They wanted Rick to nail that scene. Right. How much I love in Mulholland Drive when Naomi Watts is reading her awful script to Laura Elena Herring. And then when you realize you're in the middle of the script later on, and it's so different because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Because she's just owning this material. Oh, man. First time I saw that in the theater, it was just suddenly, oh, goosebumps. Like when you realize what's happening. And hearing how funny it is when Rick's just floating out in his pool with his whiskey sour. Saying his lines really badly mm-hmm. with his tape recorder. And then when you hear those lines, when you see all the stuff that he's re- rehearsed and now he's executing it, man, that scene with Mirabella, him getting into the, <laughs> getting a meeting with Polanski at the end, Sharon getting a good ending, Rick getting a good ending. Cliff, well, we don't know what's going to happen to Cliff. <laughs> he's not going to die. Cliff might, Cliff he might, might have, have peaked. He might Cliff might have, have saved Rick. And this might be Cliff's peak, but I don't get the sense that Rick's going to be ditching Cliff. Not I think, now. Just, I think they are going to be just the best buds. Yeah. Rick's going gonna... to be bailing Cliff out of jams from now on. Yeah, Rick's going to get the big Polanski comeback movie. He's going to be a star. He can afford Cliff. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to afford him. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about Director that. Director of Rosemary's goddamn baby. 
He's right? the hottest director. In hottest director Hollywood. right next door. My neighbor. Oh, man. his bi- All the posters around this place. Of course. That's what I would do. Yeah. I would soak in that ego. I'd put my Nebraska gym poster in my bedroom. <laughs> Obviously, I would. Yeah. That's what you get to do when you're Rick Dalton. I love their friendship. I love everybody in this movie. This is, I think this is it. This is my favorite Tarantino movie. I, I don't know what movie I love more than this. Hmm. The Nice Guys? <laughs> oh, man. So, we came a, a hair away from, from going straight into the best vibe ever with Hollywood. Directly into Billy Jack. Almost, almost had to follow up that with Billy Jack. Which could have been cool. I haven't seen it Probably yet. Probably would have been so, great. Yeah. I love Billy It would have been fun. But the vibe would have shifted. Mm-hmm. The pairing of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The best movie. Do you like a Tarantino movie more than this one? On the spot. That's, Jackie Brown was my favorite forever. And this, I think I'm past it. That is the question. I think, I think it's number one. Now. Yeah. Where are you at? I think I got to go. Yeah. I, I think Hollywood is now probably the one I've seen the most out of all of them. <laughs> you know, you maybe maybe Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs back in my 20s. But yeah, uh, yeah it's. Uh, I would see it tomorrow. <laughs> if I had one to choose to see tomorrow, I'd see Hollywood again. Yeah. I'd see it. I'd love it. If, if it's a desert island thing and I get to bring one, that's definitely the one that's I'm bringing. It. And the vibe of the nice guys is such a great way to hit the ground run. Going from a Tarantino script to, I think, the best Tarantino script, the best Shane Black script. Wow. There you go. That had to happen. Hour and a half into Hollywood, I was like, no, we got to keep this going. Mm-hmm. we got to keep rolling. We're rolling craps. We're, we're on fire. we got to go nice guys yeah i think the uh, i think how funny uh everyone was into hollywood for uh, on the comedic level and, and the kind of the light jovial level of it that uh, was definitely like let's keep the funny coming as much as i knew i loved hollywood i think i forgot just how much i laugh at this movie i laugh front to back mm-hmm. they're so good at making a scene actually serious and showing something real happening and also having a really good joke. Just Rick's little reactions. Cliff has... Everybody has great reactions. There's constant jokes. People were dying laughing during the hippie fighting scene. Mm, the yeah. car scene was the hardest I laughed in the movie. I totally wasn't even thinking about it. When Tex or Rex... Mm-hmm. <laughs> something dumber than that. Dumber than that. Was going on about his bounty law. And it was my favorite of my lunchboxes. But who's this Rick guy? <laughs> That's the funniest line. <laughs> That's the funniest line. I forgot oh about God. Sadie's line with her little white face. But who's this Rick guy? Who's this Rick guy? They all know Shake Kayo. She's mixed up on the pl- It's so the funny. perfect gag. It's so funny. They're all so funny. I, la- I forgot how much I laugh in this movie. Mm. And Nice Guys, I think, is one of the funniest movies ever made. All time. I don't know if I laugh at a movie more than I laugh at Nice Guys. Afterwards, I mean, what movies do I laugh harder at? Wet Hot American Summer? Right, exactly. You know, Game Night? Some, yeah. Probably, like, that's really funny. But but Nice Guys isn't just, like, the, you know, comedy that you know that uh, so many Stress, movies that yeah. are just comedies, like an Anchorman or something. Like we're just going <laughs> yeah. for jokes. We're not trying to do anything else. Uh, nice Guys has got the great characters, great action, and then just like the most classic Abbott and Costello jokes <laughs> yes. throughout this entire 
uh 70s you know 1977 set you, like conspiracy theory uh you it, talked about tarantino filling in drama all of his ideas yeah in once upon a time in hollywood shane black is just making his like film noir he's making his 70s movie he's making another buddy cop movie he's doing a porn star missing you know, like he's doing all of this doing stuff, it all right and his main characters yeah they're privatized but they're basically abbott and Costello. yeah he's doing his physical comedy and I don't know if there's a funnier physical human than Ryan Gosling in this movie. Everything and every movement he does was getting out loud laughter. Mm-hmm. This guy was getting belly laughs through <laughs> multiple bits. He had so many different bits. He could go deadpan. He could go silly. He could go <laughs> just in, in any direction. It, and, it's like uh, if Ryan Reynolds were like good. <laughs> if Ryan Reynolds could also be in The Place Beyond the Pines. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling's such a weird guy because I love him usually in everything I see, but then he's in like a ton of movies I have no interest in ever watching. <laughs> like Notebook do, I think, or I I uh, La La Land, never oh, saw. La La, La La Land's really good. He's uh, great in La La but Land. But I just, I, I, no. He's not enough to be like, I gotta see La La Land. But he, then I watch him in anything I've seen him in, and it's like, God damn it, Ryan Gosling's good. The nice guy has put me over the edge. I'm seeing. I'm obviously seeing. I'll La probably La go Land. see the Barbie movie with him and Margot Robbie. I am going to be there first weekend Let's to do see that. him as. I mean, That's I'm going to see. I'm Gosling everything. I'm going to ride or die for <laughs> Gosling. After the nice guys, we could do a I Gosling uh, mini marathon. I would do Lars and the Real. Lars, <laughs> I do Lars and the Real. Lars is good. Uh, uh, Half Nelson's a really sober, or not? So he's a he's a drug addict. Yeah, he's a meth head. But he, it's an intense. performance. I will do a Blue Valentine episode. Uh, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine, of course. This whole Gosling performance is like you know, it's like Chaplin kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. Buster Keaton things when he with his shabby mustache walks that little five dollar bill folded up like a hawaiian shirt over to that guy the way this guy tries to get man the window punching scene yeah oh <laughs> and he gets to have that that shane blackism of a big injury that's always gonna be part of your character this the guy rest is of bruised the... a yeah. lot this is one of the great comic characters in cinema history it's also very much a wc fields drunken performance oh yeah there's a lot of things about Nice guys. I've seen it for at least four times now. Every time I forget that it's a Detroit car company conspiracy against catalytic converters, <laughs> that they are going to expose the car company through this porno film, that the car company is killing all the porno actors, that it's a, and that Ryan Gosling is drunk, the like so drunk the entire movie. It's this huge Big Lebowski kind of performance where yeah. the plot doesn't matter at all. It's just constantly things happening to this guy who's stumbling his way through it all. Yeah, almost as confusing as Lebowski. <laughs> Not quite, almost. God, yeah, it's it's almost like I don't, after a while you just don't need to like. I sat back, watched the nice guys, and I did not pay attention to who, why, or who they were chasing Amelia for. All the interactions are just good enough to stand on their own. Mm-hmm. You don't need the plot. I just love watching these two and these two grow together. I want to hear Gosling scream. This man screams so much in this movie. Yeah, a they lot are, of high-pitched they screaming. They are so over-the-top, high-pitched screams. And he has a way of also doing them so, sort of straight-faced. 
Mm. <laughs> he makes this ridiculous scream kind of seem like a real reaction. Well, he does get his arm broken in that. He gets that thing Ru- wrenched up. There's also, uh, yeah, pretty good Russell Crowe. Uh, Great Russell Crowe. Whether or not you like him as a person or not. I love him He's as a, a good person. actor in movies. I agree with everything he stands for. I think for. He's, he can be a badass when he needs to be. He can be tender. He can be funny. He does his own. He gets a nice big spit take in this one. His spit take is incredible. He gets uh, just a lot of really funny kicking people's asses in his a funny way. His spit take so good. I can do the spray. The spray is a good one. Uh-huh. The spray gets laughs, right? I can make a fine miss. Sure, nice. It's funny. Yeah. I can do a really funny one where I do kind of like a <laughs> choke. I want to see these. Yeah, here. Yeah. We can oh, do no, wait. The... No, no, not in the gear. <laughs> You do like a funny kind of like, <laughs> you know, choke cough thing after after hearing something surprising. He spits out this like horizontal line of water while doing kind of a jaw dropping like, what? <laughs> after his wife says she's fucking his dad. <laughs> like, what a shade black line. But the reaction from Crow yeah. with his wide eyes and just... It's like a juck kind the, of thing. The way he kind of goes to like pat her down, like. That he's just yeah what 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 he does it's like a homina like yeah. but it's like there's no spray there's no head jerk it's just a straight eyes forward like water spit <laughs> out perfectly done the heart you talk we talk about the funny hard cut into the uh, Jim Stacy stuff that Tara I oh mean, yeah 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 nailed it right the hard cut when Gosling breaks into the bar later and gets a deep cut. <laughs> On his arm from that glass. The way he starts stumbling around and panicking on the stairs. Just going, that's a lot of blood. That's That's a lot lot of blood. blood. (laughs) And it is gushing. The hard cut we get to him just like woozily falling over in like... Them trying to keep him alive in the ambulance. Yeah, then you see him in the... Yeah. Already, he's just like, we're losing him! And it's just like him <laughs> drifting dead weight over. Just like a hard cut to him almost dying out. Yeah. And then I think from there, it's just the hard cut of them like wheeling him out of the hospital. Yeah. And just like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just... Oh my God. He's There's a, so much blood. He's not a good private investigator no he's bad and i'm still not quite sure what russell crowe's like job is he's just a he's a heavy he's just a heavy he's a heavy he's not he's not also a private investigator he's just the guy that knocks people around he's got that big old russell crowe 2016 bod always eating some kind of snack or a yoohoo or a apple snacking performance yeah i I love snacking performances (laughs) and he just looks like a guy that would be snacking it's like approaching Busey and point break hmm I needed him to get like two meatball subs. <laughs> if he would have gone full like Vigo Green Book eating constantly, yeah, role. That's the only thing that could have made him better in this. When well, when we see him after he's broken Ryan Gosling's arm to tell him to stop looking for Amelia, <laughs> and he takes the yoo-hoo from Ryan Gosling's <laughs> yeah. uh, daughter. Are you kidding? And he's shaking up the yoo-hoo, and then we see him the next shot carrying like two cases full of yoo-hoo back he to his apartment. That, he hadn't had a yoo-hoo in thirty years, right? I love uh, that's that's me and Oreos or me and like you know they never the, ch- the chiladas. If I once you get a chilada, I'm like I need a pack of chiladas now. They really perfected things when they perfected the Oreo, didn't they? <laughs> what a simple, delicious and the cookie, right? Did they ever do better with a yuhu? No. God, you drink an Oreo with a yuhu? I don't know if my Oof. mouth can handle that level of sugar Ooh. anymore. I don't know. I'm yeah. 42 years old. I might go into I a can't bit do of a coma. Oreos and yuhu anymore, <laughs> right? 
I could drink just sure, a man. <laughs> but man, I don't know if I could do Oreos at you. But I buy Russell Crowe in his bod. Yeah. In his punch a punch a child molester for money kind of lifestyle. I buy it. What a guy. That's one of the most punchable people in the beginning of that movie, the who's yep. the man <laughs> guy. All the right people get punched in this movie, and all of our heroes make funny reactions when they get punched. This yeah. movie does serious, real, hard action violence. Already, this isn't a PG-13. Mm-hmm. This isn't a PG-13. Big P- this is a big R. I mean, in the first five minutes of this movie, we get the, the kid grabbing the porno mag. <laughs> then the giant through the house car crash with the fully what a shot fully uh, exposed misty mountains that like Shane Black <laughs> knows what we're here for yeah man car crashes and boobs and it's, kids acting it's so guy crass. who bought his Hollywood Hills mansion after selling his crazy screenplay for two million dollars right yeah. I love Shane Black is Shane Black right. This is the life. This is what he wanted, right? <laughs> this is the shit that he wanted to put on a screen, right? This feels like he's just getting to do his dream. I'm going to have a babe with her rack out crashing down the Hollywood Hills all the way through a house. <laughs> like, it's perfect, man. It's, yeah. it's what I want to see Shane Black doing and getting to do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang we did recently. Mm-hmm. We did that not that long ago. And I dug it, right? But it's so 2006 with the record stop narration breaks and the oh, fourth yeah. wall breaking and just the look. The, the, the like burn film real look. <laughs> totally. Like, Wait, let me back up. It's like I hate, I hate when I would, would like listen to a CD and they had like the sound of a needle touching down. It's just like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was... And God help you if you use voiceover narration. <laughs> God help you. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is such a yeah. good movie. The best Val Kilmer, right? Mm. So many of the gags are so good. But it's so 2006. Nice Guys is undateable. Yeah. The smart move is making it the 70s cool movie. But they do it so well that it is just plays as well. It plays yeah. so well. I can't believe this hasn't become a bigger cult hit. Mm-hmm. If it had to be relegated to cult hit status... It's definitely a cult hit. It feels like this needs to just but, grow and grow the way Lebowski did. Mm-hmm. I laughed. So my face hurt by the end of this day, right? I forgot how much I laughed at these movies. I'm never going to laugh more at them, man. I, and, and it just, I was like, it struck me this time just like, it's really funny and it's so stupid. Nice guys, there's so many like him, like we got a guy falling down a hill. Like Chris Farley or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Ryan Gosling is literally doing the like. Bah, 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 I would have jokes. loved to see Chris Farley doing the Ryan Gosling role of this. Oh, Chris hell. Farley. Oh, well, he obviously would have done the Chris Russell Farley Crow, right? at his daughter's birthday party yelling like, Jesus Christ, at, like <laughs> at Janet. No, no, it isn't Janet. Do you know how much we would be dying if Chris <laughs> Farley was having that interaction with Janet? I got to say, thinking of like David Spade doing the Gosling and Chris Farley doing the <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> Would have been Spade good. Spade got to Spade Farley and the nice guys. This was the role that they Again, we missed that. If we're doing AI and replacing people. Let's do that. The Hollywood Hills took Chris Farley from us. Mm. And that's why we didn't get the nice guys with Farley and Spade. Man. But we do get what like if we got a, the Sandman in this one. Make this oh, <laughs> make this a go. grown ups. Sandman would have been the uh, the guy who throws the fish and then gets his face. Blown up with the blue. Grown-ups colon nice guys. Chris oh, Rock. Shit. Chris, Chris Rock would have done to keep David. <laughs> Definitely. I want it. 
Make it happen, Netflix. Fucking buy the rights. You have Sandman on retainer. Make him do the nice guys. Fucking do it. Make the Safties direct it. What? We can do this. This then movie you'd needs have one to of the be... Apatow kids would be the daughter, of and course. then you'd have uh... <laughs> Unlimited. Like, yeah. Make it happen. We can do this. I love the nice That's guys. That's so funny. Have you laughed harder? Honestly. This when you see all the same exact comedy moments in the same Academy Awards retrospective, mm, mm-hmm. how much would they have like peed their pants if Woody Allen had ever done anything as funny as Ryan Gosling in a bathroom stall. That is one of Man. the funniest scenes. That could go on for... F- I, I Just go on for five minutes <laughs> doing that. It's so perfect. That is... Uh, Ryan Gosling, how do you do it? How did you do that? So funny. The yeah. way he keeps hooking the door with his foot and banging into it with his <laughs> knee and holding the magazine over his exposed dick the whole time with his skinny little thighs mm-hmm. and his hanging down... It is so visually funny. It gets funnier the longer it goes on. It always goes on longer than you remembered it. You want it to go on longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's flawless. It's so funny. He makes him turn around straight into the mirror. And they do the mirror shot of him standing there holding the magazine still while holding the gun. It's so funny. It's so stupid. Gosling holding the gun in this movie is hilarious. Any, anytime he's holding the gun. It's just, so, and, and that's why they have the cast a, on. It's like Shane Black knew we're going to put a cast on this guy in the opening scene of the movie. He's going to have to fumble around with this thing the whole time. When he's crawling away from Russell Crowe as poorly as possible to try and get the gun, it just yeah. gets it like kind of sloppily kicked out of his hand. He cannot hold a gun. When he goes for Russell Crowe's ankle piece, which we realize was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, such a funny, like, you're watching that you're like, why is the dream sequence in this movie yeah. and then it pays off like 10 15 minutes later men have love won it. love it real awards for comedic drunken performances dudley moore won an sure. oscar for arthur because he what because he could play a piano and slur a song <laughs> ryan gosling does so many more a plus bits than dudley moore and arthur yeah what a sham him just jumping in, swimming in the pool after the mermaids, or that whole scene at the party where he is just... Any scene at the party. Toasted. When he walks up to that Indian girl and says, I'm a cowboy, uh-huh. that is the most charming, <laughs> funny, drunken line. Perfectly hit. You cannot... If that is on the page, there's no guarantee it comes out that good. Mm-hmm. The effortlessness he makes it seem when he is super drunk and telling those girls about Amelia... And he leads with like, hi, I'm Amelia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting all the words wrong. Like, Love it. What was it? Was it Cannonball Run that Dean Martin's like really drunk? <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Or that, anything with Dean Martin. Yeah, man. Especially like early 80s. Like still alive, preserved D- Dean Martin. Just band. the clips we see of him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the uh, the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, some hotel. You he got, has yeah, just, just a slur. Yeah. Who was the guy? Having to lean on something in every shot because he's just... There was like post-gig young in, uh, you know, again, another guy that this is these movies are made of. Mm-hmm. Uh, gig Young coming back, winning a 1968 Oscar for They Shoot Horses. Or Dennis they? Hopper uh, winning or uh, Getting, being nominated yeah, in Hoosiers. Nominated Easy Rider and then coming back with Hoosiers and Blue Velvet in the yeah. same year. 
These guys Doing that are part. Drunk he was a child actor, you know. He was a teen actor with James Dean. Then he was fucking Easy Rider. Then he became Frank Booth, mm-hmm. and David Lynch wrote a role for fucking Frank Booth, right? That that role was Dennis Hopper. He was not a guy you wanted to work with. Yeah, that you reminds know? me that Gosling's a t- uh, child. Uh... Wasn't he Gosling was in, in like uh, Mickey Mouse Club or something yeah. as a kid? There's a there's a Ryan Gosling. Are you afraid of the dark? That's right. It's a good oh, one. Man. It's him with the 1992 blonde kid Zach Morris, like or whatever blonde bowl cut. Yeah, with an Ocean Pacific shirt, doing a shot on video looking ass. Are there's, you afraid of the? There's got to be like ten thousand. Are you afraid of the dark podcasts already? Right. We got to look into this. <laughs> I, need, I need to see how if many. We ever did a TV. I need to one. see how many Midnight Society podcasts. I know there's podcasts been a lot of X Files podcasts, so I won't go there. Feels but. like there's been hundreds of Midnight Society podcasts. Probably. We'll see. But Gosling is a child actor. How do you get to be so funny? How do you get this level of. How do you do this many good things? Mm-hmm. Like I said, Place Beyond the Pines, if you've not seen it, he is great in it. Yeah. He is so good. And uh, him and what? Ava. Is it Ava Mendez? Anyway, she's incredible in it. Their passion is unreal. R-rated version of the Clooney, J-Lo, out of sight kind of chemistry, right? Right, right. But Gosling's a dirtbag. That's why he's a guy with like prison like dagger tattoo on his shoulder that rides a motorbike in a, mm-hmm. in a circus circus style show. He's a dirtbag, man. <laughs> Gosling as dirtbag is really good. Who would have known Do- Gosling as... Guy who falls down funny. <laughs> He's kind of a dirtbag in this one too. I love his not a great guy. Style. Yeah. I love his look. Him, Cliff Booth pulls off the white denim suit. Goslin pulls off his white bell bottom suit in this one. Love the look. It's that that blue suit for me. Yeah, the that... blue suit waking up in a in a filled bathtub mm-hmm. and then slipping out of the bathtub. First second we see this guy is falling and slipping, <laughs> getting his fingers jammed in things, getting limbs popped, getting. Arms gashed open, head wounds. So wonder that he makes it through this through this movie at all. And he talks about how how invincible he is at the end. <laughs> yeah. He takes a beating on that way to invincibility. This is like the best possible Johnny Knoxville performance. There you go. Yeah, it's that same level. I can of, see Knoxville trying to do this. Not he has that same kind of real charisma where he seems like a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I'd want to hang out with like Fastbender. I know what you wouldn't want to hang out with a dude like Daniel Day Lewis. You know it would be like a mm. real fucked night. It'd be a weird dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like you would want. I, I would only hang out with Daniel Day Lewis if he promised to be in one of his characters the whole time. You like, would want that going in. I would. Right? Yeah, I'd be like, if is, I was, is he going to be Lincoln or is he going to be? If know. I was at a dinner with Mike Myers and he was the love guru the whole time, it would be the worst <laughs> night of well, my sure. life. Yeah. You know, you can't just leave these things like up to chance. The Scottish guy from you know, so I made her an accent. <laughs> but Gosling seems like this guy seems like a dude. Seems like a cool guy. I think he seems like a cool guy because you cool never hear energy. about him outside of making movies. I only know, I or love I don't. Him. I mean, I don't follow the TMZ stuff, but it's like he's never like all up, that is I he? know about Ryan Gosling is that I celebrate every moment of his film career. There you go. And that he's the light of my life. <laughs> wow. So that's all I know about one oh, RG. That's nice. No, man, this performance kills me. Yeah. He is funny in everything he does. He made that elevator scene so pop. When his eyes twitching, I'd never seen this movie in a theater. I didn't help mm-hmm. it. 
at the box office I think, like I think nobody did. That this was released in the dead of summer. It was released yeah. opposite two superhero movies, like a Batman versus Superman. What are you doing? It's kind of crazy that Shane Black, like none of well, you know, he did the Iron Man three, which it made money because it was a Marvel movie. Iron Man three made them think that Shane Black could do a summer movie like thing. This nice guy's but, died uh, because of its summer placement. Yeah. Warner this Brothers didn't, didn't well. have the money to promote Nice Guys over its two. The big. Predator didn't do well after this. Yeah, he's. It's not come easy, but he's making f- stuff that we like. But seeing it I in the, the theater, the I, I think yeah. it was so funny to see it with other people and laugh. Because yeah, when you rent this and you're just watching it at home, it's fun and funny. But yeah, in that crowd, in that theater setting, when we were already all hyped from yes. Once Upon a Time, it had Hollywood. a great lead in, man. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a lead in opening set, right? To go from the high of One Spot Time in Hollywood and then carry that high, you know? Yeah. What a rush. Yeah, because this movie does not slow down at any point. It no. is just boom, 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 boom. They're on the trail. They're meeting up. It's constant plot. Yeah. Constant comedy. Constant pratfalls. Constant violence. And, uh, yeah. And then just like, uh, but the most ridiculous, yeah, the, the kid, you know, shows up on the bicycle. What a kid. For one scene. That mouthy that is just- kid. That was that was one of the hardest laughs for me. It was just when he's like, wants the 20 bucks or whatever. <laughs> and then he just goes, yeah, I knew him. <laughs> he's getting so serious. Just, he, like he has this prepared monologue yeah, about this dude. Yeah, it was cool. You know, he made films. I knew they were making dirty films, you know. Tried to show him a dick. Cause... <laughs> and then you're like, what? Because I got a big dick and... Uh... You guys want to see it? Or? This little kid with a no, mouth like this. This is dick. such a character. <laughs> Who is this kid? I looked this kid up. He's in heart. It's not quite as cool as the 11-year-old in Happiness. It's like, where did they get this kid who has no other credits? Mm-hmm. This kid did like a couple other things, but this was... Where do you find this kid? Yeah. The sh- sincere shocked expressions on Ryan Gosling's face when this kid kept taking this bit harder <laughs> and talking more about his dick and Gosson just being just like, wow, I mean, it's over. I don't want to see your dick, That's it. Dude. That's it. What am I even saying to you? <laughs> but when he goes, when he drops a, hey, kid, and the kid just stops on his bike and looks back and goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> like the angry a, what? Like he, this Holy kid, cow. I don't know how old this actor actually was. I'm sure the kids that are 11 are actually 15. Right. You know, I'm sure that. Is all happening. Margaret Qualley's actually, you know, 22, mm-hmm. right? But that kid looked 12 years old. And he looked like he was ready to turn around and just, like, fight Gosling. <laughs> like, charge what? him at 30 paces, man. <laughs> that yell was so fucking... That was so funny. Uh, and then just then driving away and Gosling just being like, what is... This is what this is what she, Amelia's going to deal with. Or, or uh, his daughter, you know. This is what she's got. This is what she's got. This, this is, is what she gets. This is... <laughs> It's over. We lost. (laughs) (laughs) The bums lost, right? The laughs are so hard in this, man. This is so funny. Everything Gosselin does is funny. Everything Crow does is funny. Keith David shows up looking like Don Cornelius. Another another part of this movie I always forget. Just the perfect... I say that word too much, but Keith David just... How how perfect is Keith David? We've been dropping peas all over this, and they're all earned. The the wardrobe of him, especially, and the hair they give him. He's got to be well into his 60s by this time. In the, oh, deep. Right? We just saw him in Nope, but he's barely in it. So it's like, to see him have this great physical fighting Russell Crowe on the deck, 
yes role is just so he, cool so much of the last 10 15 years of keith david he's an ever-present like voice mm-hmm. this guy has a voice that he can live out his career on voice work right the best voice but keith david is a bad ass <laughs> yes if we so, if you and i yeah. somehow didn't i remember like knowing who you know vaguely who keith david was just because he's in everything he's in platoon he's in mm-hmm. you know they live whatever he's in all the stuff right mostly right? for me yeah the, the carpenter stuff but the first thing that really jumps out was that i was knew exactly who this man was because of how terrifying he was was requiem for a dream oh yeah yeah Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's when I learned for sure to remember Keith David, man. Maybe just the one scene, but very memorable. Yeah, he's in uh, just a little bit there towards the end. Oh, he's and, in the end, too. Okay, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. with him and Jennifer Connolly is yeah. uh, in that year 2001, blue as hell. <laughs> yep. You know it's blue as hell if you're seeing a movie in 2001 at the Rialto. Blue as hell, and then anything outside is just bright orange. You're watching traffic and wondering how the desert has never looked browner than this shit. Mm -hmm. And you go back to the city, and it is the darkest blue Levi's ad of a city you have ever seen. But Keith David in that Levi's blue? Oh, man. This guy had trafficked women before. This guy has done very well for himself. I even remember remember the line in Room for a Dream where he just goes like, I didn't let it out for air. Woof. (laughs) I haven't seen that movie in 22 years. I saw that movie on my birthday with my Christian girlfriend in the theater. That was the worst day of my life. That is the most effective uh, anti-drug message. We were going out to dinner with my family. And we had an afternoon to kill. Nice, lazy Saturday. One of those, sure. tw- my 20th birthday fall, fell on Saturday. Great Saturday. Laying in bed. You're like, perfect this, day, this right? Marlon Wayans, Jared Leto. Let's buddy see comedy what's playing at good. the Rialto yeah. as we lie in bed on sipping coffee on this lazy Saturday. Two options for me on my 20th <laughs> birthday. Oh, brother, where art thou? Mm. Requiem for a dream. I don't remember what. Made me decide because I didn't really know much about it. I knew Cohen's. I knew I you know, mm-hmm. wanted to see uh, this. Both of them probably read in the newspaper that they were good. Yep, because it was two thousand and one. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you got your news from a paper. It yeah. showed up on your door. And I chose Requiem for a Dream and had like the worst two hours of birthday. Man, I was not expecting ass to ass. I was not expecting no. Keith David to usher ass to ass into my 20s. I was not expecting year. Marlon Wayans to be good in a movie. Yeah. That's for sure. Or Knocked Jared Leto. This is all their best. Ellen Bernstein. Yeah. Wow. So did, she, a... did she win the Academy for that? Anyways, yeah. wrong movie. <laughs> uh, why were we talking about Requiem? <laughs> what, what got, why was I looping back to? Keith David. Keith, Keith David. David. So Keith David. Stood out in a movie full of nothing but haunting imagery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was especially haunting, so I know that, man. But as much as he gets credit for having the best movie fight scene, we talked about William Smith. We've seen some William Smith fight scenes. I wouldn't want to be on the opposite end of a William Smith fight scene. No. That one with Clint Eastwood. He fights for real. Any which way you can. Ah. Uh. Those 20, guys 20 punch, minutes. <laughs> they punch each other through barns, man. <laughs> We've seen 
William Smith punched dudes and get punched through so many doors. Uh huh. Off of so many beds into so many pits of dirt. We've seen him punch down so many hills. Jim Rockford beat him up in a men's room. <laughs> He's taken bumps into hard sinks. This guy gets his ass beat for 20 years, man. And he does it better than anyone. Mm-hmm. And Keith David gets into that fight and they live. Remember when I used to like show people that fight and they live? Those were the days, right? Drinking beers on a Saturday night. Before there was, before they, it was a thing, right? When we before all had a like a shit ton of DVDs. Mm-hmm. Oh, never better, right? These two directors know how to hit every era of never better. <laughs> it's the way licorice pizza just makes me feel, right? Mm. Just like, oh, they know how to hit this specific era that I did not live through, but I am loving being in the middle of. All of yeah, these are I, like that. Shane Black, I, I gotta say, does not do uh, the '70s much favor. He, it's all about the smog and it's all about <laughs> the dirtiness of it and the bad bell bottoms and the, yeah, the '70s. Down, Atlanta has never looked more like LA. I had no idea mm. until reading after this movie was filmed mostly in Atlanta, other than him using like the property that he owns. Right. That's like John Cassavetes, man. Love Streams is just filmed at Cassavetes' house. Because he's one of those directors. Got it. He's one of those directors like Todd Solons who just keeps having good ideas, but every movie he makes makes half as much money as the <laughs> one that came directly before it. Yeah. So it gets harder and harder, and more and more production companies have to be at the front mm-hmm. of each one of Todd Solons' movies. But these guys, Cassavetti's just like, oh, okay, well, I want to make love streams, so I'll just use my house and not take, and I'll just be the main guy. And my wife can be my, the main woman, so we don't have to take down any of our family photos there you go. Right. from anywhere in this house. And all of our shit is already here, so we're just making we're just making movies around just what we're doing in a weekend. And Peter Falk that's will come cool. over probably. Right, like <laughs> that's cool, right? Uh, to hear like in a little Blu-ray featurette, like Gosling and Russell Crowe just trip over themselves to talk about how fun it is to hear Shane Black just talk about shit. Oh, yeah. How much he oh, knows exactly what he wants, how he knows exactly what he's pulling from, how he wants to it, how to look. Just him on a set. You know, those days where nobody wanted to work with him. This guy seemed like a guy who was, you know, like a dude that would direct an episode of House. Mm. And be like, yeah, that's the guy we want to work with here. <laughs> Not the guy partying and doing cocaine in, in his bot with his first script mansion, right? He was the Hollywood cliche. And here he's making this from an era that I don't know how accurate it is. Mm. I don't care. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood felt accurate. Right. Felt note perfect. Right. He transformed it. That shot of the lights going on at sunset. Yeah. Who, could, who couldn't love that as a fan of film? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has so many landmarks, right? The big blue windmill, the, yeah. the Cinerama mo- Dome. I took my mom to see that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I took my mom to see it because she grew up down there, right? And she loves more than anything else to point out things that she knows. And so it's the perfect one. Those, that windmill restaurant in Van Nuys, she remembers what her mom was wearing when they went there. Mm. She loves her That's Southern cool. California. You know, she lived there till she was in her 20s, right? And so I took her there. It's just like, it's nothing but the shit. She was 17 during the era where this happened, right? Her favorite thing, you know this. She didn't need to see this movie. She lived it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom loves living through an era. 
oh, I didn't need to see JFK. I lived it. That's how I feel about all my family photos. Nah, I don't need to go back and check those out. But I'm not like, the social network, Charlie? I don't need to see this. (laughs) I was on Facebook. I had Facebook in college, actually. You know? Well, I just think it's so funny that, yeah, there's dozens of landmarks, all the neon signs in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I think... You just get the comedy store in the nice guys. It's like the one kind <laughs> one of one right hand turn on a red in front of the comedy store. <laughs> to, uh, you got Tim Allen. You got to get Elaine Boozler's name on the screen here. <laughs> Richard Lewis uh, was performing at the comedy store on one of those shots. Yeah, God. Lewis. So would they be, had that. Lewis least. would be great in a Shane Black movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> Make Richard Lewis to be an old shitty, bad crime guy, please. Oh, please, yeah. mate. Did Richard Lewis die? No, he, he seems uh, potentially dead. He recently had a statement where he's basically quit stand up, but he's still acting. Okay, doing curb and stuff. Sure, he's great but on curb. He was sick. Great. He had some kind of sickness. He always seems sick. Yeah, he seems like a so, guy who, when you go out to eat with him, probably like coughs into a rag. <laughs> right. And he then, does seem like he's a thousand years old sometimes. He seems kind of like him. the Crypt Keeper, but like the really Jewish. But, like if Crypt Keeper uh, was more of a Borscht Belt comedian mm-hmm. than uh, like a horror host. Was he ever really in movies like back then? I'm sure he must have been. He was in like network TV. Fucking funny. He's, he's so good. He's funny. Yeah, he was when every stand-up really started getting like when Gary Shandlin and him were uh, yeah. anything but love. I think my parents were big anything but love uh, fans. Oh, yeah, he did a bunch of... Okay. A lot yeah, of sitcom yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Guy, guys like Lovitz. Yeah. He works because he's funny and he has a unique cough. And, <laughs> man, why couldn't we get Lewis in this? Why couldn't we get Elaine Boozler? But mm. Keith David. The, the Layla fight scene is legendary. It's, everybody thinks it's the best fight scene. In a world of William Smiths, everybody thinks Keith David and Roddy Piper... That's the one you go to. Killing yeah, each right. other is the fight scene. Just all the nut shots alone in that. God, scene. man, he hard hard knees to balls. A lot of knee to balls in that one. That imagine the week filming that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an afternoon in the like <laughs> Imagine coming out for day three of the ball kneeing. <laughs> but also, they were like in their prime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in this movie, nice guys, we get a huge deck fight of like two dudes in their fifties and sixties with guts. And bet, I don't know, man. Keith David still looked raw. Him in those pull, suits well, yeah, with the chain pulls wallets a knife and stuff. And Holy stuff. cow. He yeah. looked threatening. Mm-hmm. He was so good. He always has that sly, big-toothed grin, right? But the the badassery got to show, this is 40 years after they live. Yeah. And this is a fight. There's stair falls. He gets a big fall. Mm-hmm. That's a death. That's a death. <laughs> I thought Keith David was going to show up in that one scene. Oh, the ways he keeps coming back. The violence he keeps perpetrating, the fights he gets in. How does this guy have two fights this good 40 years apart? How'd he do it? How'd he still do this? He's the man. Yeah. It's so well cast. He managed to completely avoid the homage to L.A. and just treats it as more of a vibe Mm. that allows the physical comedy. We haven't even talked about the daughter. I know that actually. What a character. She's great. She, I like her better every time I watch the movie. Yes. She's definitely a precocious, annoying little kid who who sneaks along to the to the party and who gets in all the trouble and but uh it's a, it's, she's really good. It's a bold yeah. move for Shane Black to write an eleven year old as a main sidekick character <laughs> throughout a movie. There's not like an eleven year old smart mouth boy in like a BMX bike in Lethal Weapon. 
right. he's kind of following Murtaugh around. That would have been cool. <laughs> it would have been sick, right? He does have a little kid help uh, Tony Stark in Iron Man 3, like, rebuild his suit and stuff. Okay. So, yeah. If was... we got, like, Joshua John Miller <laughs> <laughs> on a bike being smart mouth with uh, Mel yeah. Gibson, yeah, that would that be been good. Yeah, wow. Probably would have been, like, a little Corey Feldman back then for Lethal Weapon, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Bring Feldman into the mix? Okay, yeah. You're right. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best idea. Shane Black's they have the best ideas. But, no, yeah, that actress is great. Um, her interplay with Gosling is so funny. Her interplay with Crow is funny. When we bring Janet... I love how Janet keeps getting back into Janet. the mix. What a day for Janet's. <laughs> what a day for Janet's. Janet is so funny in Hollywood. Handle it, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> she, she makes so much of her one minute on screen. Right. Zoe Bell, owner of the maybe. Of course, her name's Janet in that scene. Yeah, owner of the coolest stunt in any Tarantino movie. She did it. Mm-hmm. She was the bride, right? And her getting to speak funny, her getting to drop a handle it, Randy, with like a foot stomp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with Janet. I would want to be a J- hey babe. <laughs> I would oh I would try and bullshit Janet and what she the would fuck did you do to her car? She would she would steamroll me. She would just like a goddamn marching band. Uh, I would get run over by Janet. I'd be here, I'd be here for it. These characters could just run you over. How much do you love anti fascist Margaret Qualley? <laughs> I can't believe we just lucked into Margaret Qualley playing the same character in two the movies exact same for our person. double feature. That she's the. This the, is her after the. Uh, the after she breaks the cold. Pig. Yeah, with she's Kim Basinger as her mom. Kim Basinger slideshow. Ridiculous. She's on, she's on it. Ridiculous. Yeah, total smoke show. I'm pretty sure Ryan Gosling calls her Mrs. Cuntner at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I think her name's Cutler, but I'm it's positive like cut, she it's says Cutner. Cutner, and yeah. I'm positive he says Cuntner. But with no pause for gag. Uh-huh. Just him saying Cutner and them going like, keep going. <laughs> keep doing it. He plays with words so funny. And never like a... I've seen annoying Peter Sellers movies where he's playing drunk at a party. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not doing the Milton Burrow like triple take into the camera. He's playing this sophisticated, ridiculous physical comedy. But not always pausing for the punchline. Mm-hmm. He's letting these reactions unexpectedly happen. To not have a solid stuck ending in the stall scene. To make it think that it's going on so long you are expecting it to continue going on every second that it stopped. He commanded that so well that you just keep expecting the bit to go. I love the bit where uh, they've got the clue and they think it's the airport meeting. He's like, "Uh, no, flat like an apartment. Yeah, they don't do overnight flights at the Burbank airport. Blah, 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 right? Then they get to the apartment, and it's like, yeah, they tore that down three years ago. <laughs> he goes, so uh, the airport then? <laughs> the airport. <laughs> they all have just, like, bad Perfect. leads, terrible leads, nothing but hits. I'm a cowboy. Better work. That's a, you put that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. You want Gosselin saying, I'm a cowboy in the trailer. You want him falling ass over elbow over a Hollywood Hills railing. You want all of it. That's definitely in the trailer. Him, the shot of him lighting up his cigarette and revealing a dead body, a dead porno director body behind him. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's cinema, baby. That's what a picture. 
right? Dump it, they they oh. go to dump the body and they just dump it on some dinner party. Wow. And they just run, <laughs> run away. Dumping a dead porno director body 20 feet on a, down a bank into another dinner party's table, that is like Mel Brooks couldn't have written it better. Yeah. Zuckums, Abrams, and Zucker could have put that funnier in the naked gun. Mm-hmm. There are so many naked gun gags in this movie. <laughs> Done with like a straight violent face. If Naked Gun was a hard R, Naked Gun just had actual violence. I mean, Norberg gets messed up. Like, yeah, you but. mentioned that that elevator scene where they go up there thinking they're gonna kill. They're killing Amelia up in there, and they get up, open the elevator, and it's like you see these two guys getting killed. And they just step back into the elevator. <laughs> a guy's bleeding out from the neck, and another guy takes four <laughs> bullets to the chest. <laughs> Gosling like. Tapping nervous, like hitting the door close button like seven times with a jittery hand as the door. And we're seeing the shot of them. It would be the like. The guy gets thrown out of the elevator behind him. Like Tarantino Perfect. makes. Yeah, what, it's, what a shot. Them in the outdoor elevator with the bodies of a screaming, still living man going out <laughs> the 14th floor window past him. And Gosling just looking eyes straight ahead, hearing the screams behind him. His eyes like twitching. I never. Seen it on the big screen, and I had never noticed how much he's shaking. Mm-hmm. Just right there in front of me. About to piss his pants. The amount, he is just so scared. He is scared And then Russell so Crowe's just like, well, I guess we'll have to figure out a different plan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When he's in the bar, and the bartender's like, hey, man, you don't want to go up there. Like, he's telling him, like, these guys are above your pay grade, mm-hmm. right? Don't get into something you... And he's like, just have a drink on me after he's like already smacked the guy's face in the bar. And I love Gosselin the whole time doing the like, this sound, he's making a, like, this sounds good. Yeah. We should listen to this guy right now. Also that, just really quickly, that bartender, how did they find the actual human Mo from the Simpsons? <laughs> oh my God. He was young Mo. That guy was Mo. He was like 35 year old Mo. Had the hair, had the voice. <laughs> The disposition, it was all there. <laughs> yeah, he even did the, hey, hey, okay, all right, yeah. 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 The immediate cowardice after, oh. <laughs> He would have started more of a fight, but these are all, Ryan Gosling, after seeing the dead body, does a full Lou Costello yeah. bit. He is gasping for air and trying, like he sees the mummy. Doing the pointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is him seeing Frankenstein's monster, right? In the old haunted house. It's Don Knotts. 100%. In the ghost and Mr. Chicken. It is him doing these looting and it works. reactions. It, sh- it, it almost shouldn't. Like, that's... It's such a corny gag. That, yeah. And a lot of the gags like that in this movie, like, are so corny that they shouldn't work. But Dude, the it's cla- the charm. The classics it's, just hit. It's, uh, yeah. When they're I've, done right. I've seen it so many times. A movie I maybe have seen as much as Hollywood. Blazing Saddles. Sure, yeah. When Slim Pickens hits, go back and get a shit ton of dimes. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the toll bridge. <laughs> Man, with the, the way he says it, the way he motions, the way he's playing by the rules all of a sudden is such a perfect joke. And Shane Black just like knows those jokes. Mm. But then he has these perfect Shane Black it's... lines where he says, where Russell Crowe says, marriage is buying a house for someone you hate just like oof yeah i had just seen the shot of the reaction of cliff booth when when margaret qualley asks if he's some kind of old cowboy guy and he goes like oh <laughs> like 
you know, I'm I'm 42. Like, there's still a lot of praise left to be soaked up by these mm. these bones. But man, you know, it, you're get we're gonna get to the age where we're gonna take a couple on the chin, right? Like, we're gonna take we're gonna get hit with something. Someone's gonna take us down. One of us is gonna step off a curb and have to be in a boot for like seven months. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I got a two bad knees now. Some we're gonna been coasting, been lucky. We're gonna get to our Rick Dalton phase. You know, you're gonna be living it in 15 years. Yeah. So when Cliff is so accurately described as an old cowboy man, you think back eight years. He wasn't. He hasn't been filming Bounty Law for eight years. Can you be? Imagine being a gopher slash occasional stuntman for eight years, working on an episode of Land of the Giants. Living Ron in that Tarzan. the whole eight years. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Cliff has an existence. I like that his book story was less sad mm. <laughs> that he's buying records and he's flirting with ladies and he's seeing Swedish movies and he, and he likes reading magazines and novels. Yeah. I like that. He's not just a dumb guy. There's something there. He seems content. He's a goddamn war hero. <laughs> and our stars, are, our, our friends and our growing pals and the nice guys are a totally different vibe, but just as lovable and just as fun to watch as the cliff and Rick relationship yeah them together uh at the end the thing that makes me laugh so much they're at the bar at the end and he's they become partners yeah and you're just like rooting for him so much there's i think it's at the end where he's got the line where he's like well you know at least nobody got hurt <laughs> he goes, people got hurt people well i mean they died quickly so uh, i don't think they got hurt that much yeah <laughs> there's so many little just their back and forth is so great i love how he keeps his gun in a cookie jar like like jim rockford his ad is exactly the Rockford Files ad. And then when it, when Filipino Russell Crowe gets added to the ad. <laughs> Sorry, you look Filipino. That's he does, great. He did look Mexican. <laughs> it's like the westerns I've seen where Jack Palance plays a Mexican. Mm-hmm. You know? Rick Dalton would Rick Dalton's going to be playing. Maybe he was one bad role away from playing a Mexican guy. and so He might do it in, in a Nebraska gym adjacent movie. Who knows what movies Rick's going to get. I love it. And I love this partnership. I love this detective agency. They're going to rebuild yeah. that house. He's the diner guy, man. Oh, yeah, the diner guy. <laughs> so many great little the moments. The porno young lady. This felt oh, like. Oh, yeah, the young lady. <laughs> the porno, porno young, young lady. lady. Yeah. And stuff get is so good. There's <laughs> a funny, funny bit where Russell Crowe casually places his drink down on a naked model. Human yes. sculpture at a party. And there's no comedy bit there. He places it down. There's no like, ooh, so, boy. Sorry. It's just yeah. a, oh, sorry. It's like a, a non-funny gag. And then the background five minutes later, some dude puts it down there and is just like, whoa, shit. <laughs> some other guy in the background that we don't see again gets the full joke from the joke that you expected <laughs> yeah. five minutes ago. Putting the second cup on this woman. It's like Shane Black is just doing these funny gags. I don't know if any is as funny as Val Kilmer ducking a thrown glass in mm. Kiss Kiss Bang mm-hmm. Bang. Walking through a party, saying something to a woman and immediately ducking his head the right direction. Never better. Never better comedy. Shane Black just gets it. I love him getting to do his thing. Give me Iron Man 8. If, he, <laughs> if I get another whatever he wants to do. Whatever pulp novel he's going to rip off from and add his own 2002 Maxim humor to it, give it to me. No more narrations. 
No more record scratches. Right, yeah. No more like, I know you, you've heard all this shit, but no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. This is him making a movie. It's a silly, silly, silly movie, but it's him not relying on it. It's just him writing a A-plus script, perfectly casting it, and just dressing it to make it look so good. I love this movie more every time I see it. Yeah. Minute for minute, just like one of those pound for pound, it's just got so much going on. And to have this movie back up uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like wow. I said, it was just five hours of no no missteps, no no dull moment, no, uh, you know, there was no who could break. S- who could say what the worst There's moment no of the stop. day was? It was nothing but hits. Yeah, exactly. These movies are all hits. We talked earlier about what's a theater movie you know, versus at-home movie. I've never laughed as hard at the nice guy as I did at home. Couple, two, three years ago, they showed this cult feature night, Ice Pirates, mm. a movie we taped off TV on VHS. I'm sure my parents got the Ice Pirates VHS upstairs. When I come back the next time I see him in eight years, <laughs> I'll bring back that and the It VHS. All right, cool. My Ice Pirates. Uh, let me tell you which movie was not as fun as an adult is Ice Pirates. Oh. <laughs> and that was on first and this mm. crowd was cold it was icy <laughs> appropriately nobody was into the ice pirates robert urich was not hitting it wasn't doing that it for night yeah. nobody was in a lot it. of people showed up for the nostalgia and then 20 minutes in they're like right ice pirates was tough in like 2018 i kind of i wonder if that because uh one i've been thinking about rewatching is the buckaroo bonsai oh no that's a killer movie okay that's still good yeah that's, okay that's aces i haven't seen that it's never since. it's never leaving the early 90s or something no that's that's lorenzo semple man okay. that's another that guy wrote batman episodes all right you know that guy knows gags that guy wrote season two ice pirates to me that it's like could, it. could could be like that ice same. pirates that same exact it was like 87 so ice yeah. pirates tanked killed the room mm-hmm. imagine nice guys following up just a bomb just billy jack and nice guys <laughs> 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 you know starting with billy jack the long scene where billy jack's real life wife talks about her sexual assault oh everybody's just like we're doing it. We're watching <laughs> Billy Jack. We're doing the trial of Billy Jack too. Jesus. Oh boy. And it was followed up. The second feature was top secret. Mm. Zucker, Abram Zucker, Val Kilmer, spy spoof. The laughs that this crowd shared for top. We wanted to laugh so bad. Nobody has ever laughed this much at top secret. It was that literal thing where my mom was like, we saw what's up doc, me and my mom, people were falling in the aisles. When my mother and I saw it's a mad, 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 mad world. They were rolling in the aisles, Uh Eric. And I'm just like, of course, sure. Mother. No one really does. She's a storyteller. Right. Yeah. And no, no one actually does that. Man, people were falling out Mm. in top secret. I was getting that hoarse laugh. I get sometimes where I'm just can't breathe. And I'm making these loud gasping noises like the rocks scene during old. (laughs) when We got the montage of like, how fucked up are these rocks? Right, guys. And it's just this long scene with all the characters faces interlaid over like the mysterious rocks. And it was one of those like, I'm, I'm eventually going to get to the age where I'm going to pee my pants in public. If I live long enough to do it, I'll do mm. it. I've escaped so far. I've been lucky. The last half of my life is going to be harder to avoid it. Once you're done being a baby, the stakes get real. And I've so far escaped. I'm not always going to. 
Right. And that rock sequence of old felt like the time where I was going to accept pissing my pants in public. I couldn't, I don't think I was going to make, if that thing went on for 20 more seconds, I couldn't have handled it. Mm. I couldn't have done it. In Django Unchained, when the the clan's eye hole masks are all oh. messed up. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh my God. There was a man who was snoring in the back. It was on a weeknight, like a late <laughs> show. And I was dying laughing for doing this howling girlish scream the whole time, like kicking my feet. Mm. I've never been so tickled. And <laughs> this, it's like this five hours of Hollywood and Nice Guys was just that feeling. Yeah. This entire time, I was just constantly holding my stomach, laughing at all of this. Mm. Hearing my friends all react to my favorite bits. That Yeah, that really was the, the just the icing on the cake of not only do we get to share these two movies and see them on the big screen and enjoy them ourselves, but to have the, yeah, have the people we know around us. And oh, my God. That was really cool. To hear everybody having just as much fun. As I was having. And, I heard, yeah. I heard people cry laughing in every part of this theater, man. We, like, took over this whole thing. There was other people coming in for some show of, like, Renfield. Mm. when we were still lingering in there because we stayed for five hours. And just the tears. I Normally, I love soaking in the tears of my friends. Sure. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. I love making my friends cry. Hearing, like, cry laughing... From all these different corners, hearing Sean like do that thing where he laughs so hard he starts choking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hearing Tim up in the corner, him Tim doing his loud sigh after a big thing, him hitting a ah, <laughs> with a little dropped in like the best. Like hearing Tim just in heaven up yeah. behind me with his pregnant lady. Yeah, like oh my god, we're all just having a perfect right, right, Sunday. Right, right, right when it started, like uh, Jared was like. I fucking love Shane Black movies. <laughs> he was so psyched. We're all just so hyped. Like, we all yes. know each other. We can say anything. We can be loud. <laughs> Nobody's fallen out in the aisles, but we are all like, we all know each other here. We all love each other's reactions. That's why we're here on a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody else was there. Those poor people at the Roxy Theater. There's like 15 of us assholes and then like seven employees. Just like all, every one of them has like sleepy eyes. Oh, they're all so tired. They Those all poor look teenagers. so these poor teens. And I'm just like, could you play Billy Jack but maybe surprise me? <laughs> and Billy Jack, it's like I give her the Billy Jack box set with like four fucking different Blu-rays. And I'm just like, yeah, it's the second one. It's this one right here. There's four Billy Jack movies, but surprise me with this one. But also this fifth choice. And I'm just like getting in this face of a 15-year-old. Right. Just like I'm not paying them enough to do this. God, it's funny. <laughs> well, when I when I went to the bathroom during Hollywood, I was like, I'm gonna stop and get something to eat. Yeah, you you were paying those concessions, and, uh, man. So I go up to the counter, and it's just like they could not have been in a less of a hurry to get me my. Oh no, man, <laughs> she's like, all right, and uh, you want uh, you want butter, but butter on the popcorn? Okay, and then yeah. she's like, goes over, she's like unfolding the little because i get a kid's combo she's unfolding oh, the little it. combo box just you like love, talking to her you friend. love your little like mini size pack of m&ms per- from the kids combo Talk about perfect your little, kids combo your at the theater. cardboard kids combo it's a little pile of popcorn you get your little tiny drink with the four foot straw <laughs> coming out of it <laughs> i can't bend my chin down far enough to get those i feel like such a little such baby a clown with those things but it's like seven bucks for the whole shebang right. you're good do you do banter with the kids no, they're you terrible. Talk to them? Not really. They're, talk they're off talking to themselves, man. you know. Look, man, 
I'm gonna be doing. This. I'm not gonna sit there and justify an adult buying a kid's combo. Maybe I'm, I'm be, maybe I'm getting it for a kid. They don't know. I'm old enough that I think I have. I think I'm almost required to work banter with people passing out samples at Trader Joe's. Sure, Forty-two yeah, years yeah. old. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you buy grilling equipment. Mm-hmm. You understand this. You have a baby. Okay. Eventually, you're gonna make banter with these kids. I respond to banter. I'll banter back. But those those kids aren't into banter. You're gonna be 75, and you're gonna have to learn to banter, Charlie. You can't. <laughs> you gotta. I am hitting the ground running and easing into my 50s. I'm gonna be prepared to awful yeah. banter these kids to death. Fair enough. They're taking forever to get my free coupon soda. I'm going to ask them if they've seen any of the movies. I talked to that girl about Billy Jack. She hated it. <laughs> she hated the whole part of it. I'm not going to stand there in silence if I don't have to. My mood was too high. Mm-hmm. I was riding it. You got your... God damn, you got an icy during Bo is Afraid? <laughs> the second Bo is Afraid starts, and I realized I wasn't going to take be able to take a bathroom break for three hours. And I looked over your icy, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I knew I was like oh, that. I, I rarely and you know what? They, it was like seven bucks for the for that. I got the big one. It looks so good. And uh, yeah, I knew I I'm messed up. I had my stupid sugar free soda. I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> and nobody. There's nothing dumber. Also, by the way, than sitting through Bo is afraid and, and be like. <laughs> On like the last of your icy, while you while little... he's like running through the forest and people are like screaming at him, and you're just like, hold you, on, I got a little more. You nurse that thing that for like icy. two hours. I couldn't believe when you went back to that thing. I thought it was done. I couldn't believe I had been done for like twenty minutes. You left the final like two inches. Well, I'm like there. trying to stab the little ice at the bottom. I'm like I better let this melt a With bit. With your little plastic spoon, spoon straw. <laughs> useless in the dark scraping that dome plastic top (laughs) like oh this is too much noise some guy i was in a theater last year some guy was like chewing his ice it's like you mother when he left midway through i turned i was like that dude comes back with more ice (laughs) this is odd i have not gotten fully i love a day where i'm gonna hear a bunch of loud people laughing at movies and i know i won't have to be a crab until i'm like hey it's not funny to me so you all have to (laughs) shut up (laughs) We'll they have a fun time if I'm having a fun time. I don't time get here. it. Yeah, I get to say cool shit during Alita Battle Angel. There you go. That's what I get to do. I loved having such a blast with everybody. Everybody was, was sounded like they loved this, like my favorite movie, as much as I was loving it. Mm-hmm. I am logical about films. I like movies that I understand other people might not have as their favorite. I don't know why specifically the killing of a Chinese bookie speaks so strongly to me, but it does. I connect with every part of it. I yeah. connect with its specific vibe. I love every part of it. I love one version. I love the other version. Mm-hmm. You get more Seymour Cassell in the other version. You get less Gazar. You know, it's so good. I would watch that tomorrow. <laughs> and... I understand somebody watching that and being like, not fully for them. I'm not taking my mom to see that. I'll take her to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'll take her to Bo is Afraid. Worst mistake of my Maybe Saturday just... afternoon. <laughs> Bad call, Ritz. <laughs> and I knew what it was about. But <laughs> I knew exactly what was. But I wouldn't be I taking her to, to. Kill, to like John Cassavetti's movies, yeah. right? I'm not going to see love streams with my mother or father. And... Uh, but I walk out of Hollywood after seeing it with everybody I love and think, like, I'm not sure I can understand people saying this isn't their favorite movie. Hmm. 
I can't even I can't fathom a person disliking the movie. It's just like, no, come on. It has name a better movie, and then they name a movie, and I go, no, <laughs> come on. I know you like I know Blade Runner is cool. Blade mm. Runner, oh, but come on. And the night is just like walking out of the nice guys. Like name a funnier movie. I don't know how many movies I laughed that hard at. You know, I've seen naked. I still laugh hard at Naked Gun. Yeah. That's that speaks to something. Naked Gun's still funny uh, 35 years later. Nice Guys is, you know, eight years old. But this is a timeless performance. From Goslin, Crow is great. The Kid is great. Basinger's great. They're all great. Everybody in these movies is the perfect five hours. Yeah. I will watch Billy Jack and the Billy Jack Goes to Washington. I'm down. And, I'm down for uh, some Billy Jack, yeah. for sure. We'll watch The Born Losers. We'll watch the full Tom Laughlin Billy Jack story. That's the next time. It'll be all Billy. We will not be able to get the same attendance. <laughs> Probably for not. For the Billy Jackathon. Probably not. We'll make sure we uh, also schedule that next one with a very popular Warriors game going on. And just... Yeah, we need to schedule it during Game 7. <laughs> We got 15 people to see the two best movies during Game 7. Yeah. Man, I would I would want to see that double feature again. I want to recreate that, <laughs> that moment right. over and over. I want this to be a reg- an annual thing. The annual screening of Hollywood and the Nice Guys. That's funny. That's a good idea, actually. That is a good idea. This is... We are all going to laugh. I, every, the, every April... Uh, what was it? April 30th, we get together. That's it. Rent a theater. It's so everything I want an afternoon to be. In the week build up to that in the group chat, I was saying things like, man, I'm so excited to laugh at my favorite bits. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I would just be like, say things just like, how much is Schwarz going to kill? <laughs> like, this crowd's going to be real receptive to Schwarz. I didn't, didn't, I forgot all about the who's this Rick guy. What, I got such a girlish high laugh out of me. <laughs> like, couldn't handle it. It's so funny. I love her little face saying it. Jim Stacy with the, oh, man. Oh, that's got to hurt. Every, oh, I love these characters. I love these people delivering these lines. I don't know how they did it. Mm. I don't know how they did it. These movies are. Some magic of movies. I, Hollywood's got to be my favorite. Favorite Tarantino. It's got to be my favorite movie. It's the fir- It's the movie I would want to see the most. And it's the movie I have seen the most. How could it not be my favorite? Yeah. There you go. I guess that means it's that in UHF. <laughs> Duking it out. History of the World Part 1 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You're there with Spaceballs. That's it. Mm. Man, did it come to this? I think it did. Did it come to 200? Did 200 come to a close? Are the mics got, plugged in? I think we got two hours out of 200 here. Yeah. Epic. It's apropos. We're never doing Mandy. We're never <laughs> we will. Doing no, Mandy we got to say we will. I mean... Actually, as soon as you say we're never doing it, then we will. That's exactly when we do it. I think that once we passed like 10, 11, 12 episodes, it was onward and upward. Hmm. There's nothing but the stars, man. Once you pass a certain threshold, that's the key. Get into like nine of a thing. If you get to nine, you did something. There you go. You yeah. got a lot of Hops and Monsters episodes. Yeah. Know, we right? You got like 30, 40, 50? Did about 40 or 50 maybe. That's substantial. They're not online anymore. I didn't pay to keep hosting yeah. them on SoundCloud. Lost a time, man. My old Saguna radio somewhere. shows. I don't know if they're up, mm. but people loved those. 
four hours of seven different guys yelling over each other for three different time zones. It was great. You don't know when you're going to lose those people. One of them just passed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, literally this weekend. The mm. guy that made me write about wrestling. Mm. This guy from Segunda Cayuta Radio. These moments that we're spending five hours on a Sunday during Game 7, watching the two best movies with these people. Man, I'm going to think about that. It was good times. This was a day at the movies. I love when my friends want to go out to the movies with me. When you can get 15, 20 of them, Jesus. <laughs> That's a lucky guy, man. We did 200 of these. We're going to do 200 more. I think at least, right? I ain't going to quit. This is just I'm part- not going to stop. My key isn't well, turning. Yeah. I, it's funny how If this-, this ends, it's on Charlie. Let me stay <laughs> that right now. I got nothing better to do. I got much more time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Well, I was just going to say it's not even been a question, it, you know, we went through a pandemic and a now I've got a little toddler that is just, I'm tired all the time, but this is just <laughs> something I come and do, and it's if, part of my life, and I'm, I'm glad that it is. If you've noticed how, I didn't want to say, for lack of a better term, abysmal Charlie's performances have been <laughs> on this podcast for the last year you and a half. You can see, yeah, you can go... D- the seams got Before blown wide open. No. <laughs> the work has slagged the, uh, the, in the last the, the uh, 14 pep, months. The pep in the step is harder to come by. <laughs> we crank them out. Yeah. We're here. It's like 2 a.m. on a Monday. That's how important this is. We got the equipment up and running. We got the field music going. We're talking about our two favorite movies. Man, I can't. I'm going to love the trial of Billy Jack and forcing people into a two-hour and 50-minute Billy Jack courtroom <laughs> drama. Imagine if you didn't see Cliff Booth kicking Bruce Lee's ass, but you f- saw Cliff in his defense trial. Right. Well, we're going to make it a reality. <laughs> no, man, that's when we're... Next screening, we're going to take our chance to do something we haven't... We're going to do Wit Stillman. We're going to do Peck and Paw. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done Kubrick. Been wanting to do some Peck and Paw. Right. There's a lot of shocking things that we haven't done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done several Silent Night, Deadly Nights. We have. We will keep doing those. <laughs> we will do them this, till uh, the end. This month, uh, May, we were one day off from a Friday the 13th. I che- I, so close. I checked two days ago. Yeah. It's October. Yeah, yeah. Which feels redundant because we would have done like a Friday the 13th anyways. then anyway. So now we're going to hit them. Yep. We're really doing it. I'm never going to stop. <laughs> I will have to die oh boy yeah i'm it's gonna live i'm gonna live forever <laughs> and i'm gonna do this forever you've entered in now four years nah it's gonna You're be that, stuck it's now gonna be man. the end of that twilight zone episode where we'll be like finally enough time to talk about all our movies and then the, i think the, of that mic breaks that like mr show sketch where bob and david get into like a fight calling each other fags in a bar <laughs> and then they end up just living with with each other for like 60 years <laughs> as this like arguing not quite gay couple i want that <laughs> i want you to die and then me to instantly go my life because <laughs> i'm not gonna stop podcasting i'm gonna be talking dog shit takes on paul thomas anderson movies when i'm mm. 72 and i'm gonna be the old weird guy that sits in the back corner like when I go to movies on a Saturday at noon, I'm going to be the looper to one of my loopers. I want to keep this chain going. It's what I have. It's what we have. It's come to this. Yeah, it's come to this. That's a good life goal. 200 episodes. 200 more soon to follow. Whew. Mandy not among them. 
<laughs> Sorry, Cage. Sorry, we, Mandy. We took a hard pivot into the gorgeous mustache of Gosling. If if, uh, if the Wicker Man had not honestly reeked so hard, we might have kept going with the Nick <laughs> Wicker Cage. Wicker Man made me I think, rethink everything. I think we were like, oh, man, Nick Cage uh, marathon. And then it was like, Wicker Man was like, I think we're, I think we're good. We nailed it, right? <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're good on it, actually. Maybe take a different direction. Good. Yeah. We'll hit it eventually, but we got scalded a bit. Yeah. We want to come into this. Touch the stove a little on that We want to spread joy, and we do spread joy. We love the stuff we watch. We don't have time to go out of our way to watch things we hate. I write about wrestling every day. I don't have time to seek out bad shit, man. Mm -hmm. I got to watch stuff that I got to use. If I want to write about something, it's got to be good. I can't get motivated to talk about something I hate all the time. I want to talk about what I love. If I'm taking the time out of my week to watch a movie and think I have enough to say about it for two hours, I need to love it. And I love what we do. We're going to do it for another 200, and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> he's, he's got a gun to my head now. <laughs> oh, man. That's a lot of mole in Mexico. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you guys so much for listening. This really is just so much fun to do. and dead after 202 we'll see <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you next week when the Don't smoke worry. clears we're lying there on the pavement we'll, we'll be back we'll be back completely dead good night